that's cool. Is that a French plant, the Apes poster? Yeah. Wow. You know, I've heard that in Greece they have to change Charlton Heston's name on movie posters to Charlton Easton. Because in Greek, the word Heston means to poop yourself. I'm sorry, do I know you? In this world gone mad, we won't spank the monkey. The monkey will spank us. And after the fall of man, these monkey fucks will start wearing our clothes and rebuilding the world in their image. Oh, and only those as super smart as me will be left alive to bitterly cry. You maniacs! Damn yous! God damn yous all What the fuck is a reboot? Well, a reboot, boys, is when Hollywood wants to make a lot of money without the hassle of creating a new movie. So they take an old movie and change just enough to make you pay for the same shit all over again. Those greedy fucking animals. Oh, it's insidious. And welcome back to Reboot Deboot. I'm your co-host, Griffin. And I am... Walking Distance. Alex. Podcast, but take a look at movies and their respective reboots and break them down for you guys. That Charlton Heston thing is true, by the way. I looked it up. It doesn't mean to shit yourself, it means to shit on someone else, but it's true. So they changed his name uh, in Greek. Oh, you got me with that one, man. I just went out. That was. Yeah. I, <laughs> came to me walking... last night. I was like, oh, this will be fine. Okay. The Walking Pestilence. Dr. Zayas. Um, poet. So, uh, normally, typically, uh, as per all these episodes, normally, Alex, you and I would have a little bit of chit-chat, a little bit of chatter beforehand, you know? Are we foregoing that? We might be a little foregoing that, because I asked you to line something up, and you don't know what this is. You just know I had you do the music aspect of it, right? Yeah. You said something (laughs) island-like, and we're pretty open-ended about it. I (laughs) I asked if you were Jimmy Buffett. You were like, (laughs) Yeah, but it, so if you want to do me a favor now and uh, just play that piece and we'll get into this. Okay. Chill out, Mama Cena. What's with the uh, weekday vibe? It is a Tuesday, sir. Welcome to Castaway Sands, the round-the-world board game quiz show, talk show, chat show. I'm your host, Griffin, and joining me is my very special guest, Alex. Hello. Happy to be here. Now, uh, yeah, Alex, now your first time on the show. Yeah. You're right. So, Castaway Sands, it's a really quick, short interview 
Uh, I'm going to ask you, if you were stranded on a desert island, what five albums, three books, and one luxury item would you take with you? Okay. Okay. Um... The item, the luxury item in question cannot help you get off the island, and it can't help you contact the outside world. Yeah, I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna try and dwight this thing. I understand the spirit of the question. <laughs> so you've got five <laughs> albums to take with you. Okay. Or tapes or CDs. What five albums are you, Alex, taking? Uh all right. Jesus. Um uh, There's Nothing Wrong with Love by Built to Spill. Um Thick Freakness by the Black Keys, or maybe the big come up. One of those two. Uh, Winners Never Quit by Pedro the Lion. Is that three, four, maybe? Um, That's three. You're three. Hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Best Buds by Mom Jeans. Good one. And Gami Gang by Origami Angel. Those would be the five albums. Uh, three books. Okay. Snow Crash, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and Physician's Desk Reference, hollowed out with a knife inside. No. Um, <laughs> uh, what else do I like? Uh, okay, I can't even think of the name. What that? Stephen Weir book, The Martian. I would take The Martian. That's a fun book. Uh, and one luxury item. Can I bring a one luxury item? Is this like a tropical island? It can be whatever kind of desert island you want it to be. A tropical island, sure, yeah. But there's like warm water. Because I'm gonna say like, I don't want to bring a hot tub with me if there's warm beach water everywhere. Oh yeah, no, you you'll have like yeah, you'll yeah yeah. Okay. Um, I'd bring a. I don't know how this would work mechanically, but like a really nice high pressure shower, I think. Big one. Big like rainforest waterfall shower. Okay. I don't care okay. if it's out in the open. Presumably I'm alone on this island. I don't need any right. but <laughs> the water hookup plus the shower head is the key part here. Right. Okay. Well, uh, cool. Thank you for joining us on Castaway Sands. Um hope to have you back. And uh, now we're going to cut back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Cool. All right. And I can continue making music for these bits uh, with no prompting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for not fucking me. Yeah. So, all right. So that was, yeah, that was, that was Castaway Sands, man. That was, uh, that was fun. That was, I don't know what I was expecting. Uh, that, was, that was good. All right. Yeah. I was wary. As we talked about before, <laughs> <laughs> unnecessarily so. I've never wronged you in yeah, all of our years of friendship. I've never. I was putting the music together, and I kept on thinking, "I was like, I feel like there's a chance I'm like making the music for my own funeral procession." Or something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. 
like, but then I was also like, why is it an island theme? Like, how do you turn an island theme into something aggressive and confrontational? I couldn't figure it out, but I was worried. What is, so for, for, for all you listeners out there, Alex and I have known each other for, like, what, 17, 18 years? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I've never wronged him. I've never wronged him. But yet he has this villainous uh, thought process of me. I don't know. You, yeah, you really do make me out to be a villain. You know, with the world going the way it is, you gotta be cautious. <laughs> no, no kidding, dude. Poor yeah, Ukraine. I'm still getting over Hurricane Katrina. Oh, okay. What those people did to the Superdome. Oh, my God. I know. Um. Ooh, anyway. So, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed being a guest on Castaway Sands. Lucky you. Yeah, thank you. And, uh... What do you uh you want to tell the peeps, the little uh, the listeners, the our audience attendant? You want to uh, fill them in on what we're on what they're gonna hear today? Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about Planet of the Apes, the 1968 Planet of the Apes movie, and then Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is kind of a prequel, but it's like the start of the Planet of the Apes franchise from 2011. Right. So, uh. Let's get into it, man. What's your experience with Planet of the Apes? I've seen the original one a bunch of times. It was one of, um, like, we had a bootleg VHS copy of it, or, I don't know, bootleg. Like, we recorded it off of, like, a TV channel, and I watched that movie. Sure. A bunch. I hadn't seen it in, like, 20 years, but when I was 13 or 14, I'd seen it a bunch of times. That and the sequels, I had seen, I've seen them less, but I've also seen, like, Beneath the Planet of the Apes and Escape from the Planet of the Apes a couple of times, sort of like in decreasing numbers as they get newer. Right. Um, and then I had seen the Mark Wahlberg one from like 2004. I'd seen that with Abra- Abraham Lincoln at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I hadn't seen any of the James Franco ones. I knew that Andy Serkis was uh, Caesar or I mean, just a monkey. I didn't know yeah. his name Caesar, but it was pretty pretty unfamiliar with the new ones. Uh, right. Yeah. What about what about you? Um, honestly, pretty much the same as you. I'd seen Planet of the Apes. I'd seen Beneath. I'd seen Escape, and I even saw Conquest. Ooh. Um, I, I never saw Battle for, and then I saw the 2001 Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> and then I and then I didn't see any of the the reboot series from 2011 and onward. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten though how much I fucking hate Charlton Heston. Oh yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he is a total Scott. Like, because recently, not too long ago, um, I watched I, I showed Alicia Soylent Green. Oh yeah, yeah. It kind of goes hand and, in hand um, with this movie. Charlton Heston sci-fi uh, picks from the era. Right, and uh, he's not he's not the greatest protagonist in that. And um, man, his his anytime he talks in this, it, it's the worst. Yeah, he's kind of a dirtbag maniac in this movie, <laughs> and like the rampant sexism. Yeah, also that is I mean, really the. I mean, we're 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 gonna get into it through the course of this, but just the, the rampant. The apes like, do it too, uh, but at least the apes think the humans are basically animals. So like that treatment at least makes sense for <laughs> that. But Charles and Heston. Oh man, and that woman never speaks. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so so. We'll get to like all of that, but the, that one part where he's talk, where 
he can cut like five minutes with him being able to talk again, right? Yeah. Five minutes in him being able to talk again. He's talking to his mate, Nova, Nova which is ugh. like just the idea of like, oh, his mate. Like that's it's, it's a bad when, mouth taste. When the when the female Doctor <laughs> Abe throws her in there and is like nodding knowingly at Charlton Heston, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh, is this what it's like? When I put like my dog in the room with a female dog, <laughs> like it pretty this. much, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> real like... some Stevie vibes here. <laughs> but he, he's talking, and he's like, "Stuart, she was gonna be our new Eve with our hot meager help, of course." Oh God! Stuart, and then he yeah, he, he says like two other things, and he goes, "Yep." But now I just have you, Nova. You're the only girl in town. And it's like, that's uh, not your, uh, uh, just shoot him in the throat again. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear this. Like, yeah, yeah, or barely God. raise his arm with a torch again. The fucking rampant, like, just yeah. sexism. Like, did Charles has to write his own fucking lines? Like, I think it's just the 60s, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. God, Charlton Heston and Khan would get the fuck along, you know? Like... Yeah, the OJ Planet of the Apes reminds me a lot of the Star Trek movie. Of um, in terms of like tone and aesthetic. So, so in terms of like, I mean, this is kind of the birth of your genre. Like, you're a sci-fi guy. I love sci-fi. And like, yeah, there's like, like if, mean, if, if there's were, a Mount Rushmore, we if, if the there's a Mount Rushmore of sci-fi, earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if, but if there's if, if if there's a Mount Rushmore of sci-fi. Planet of the Apes is definitely on that Mount Rushmore. I think it's one of the bigger, yeah, it's one of the bigger, like, earlier, sort of, like, big, like, high-concept sci-fi movies, I guess. Like, like Planet the, of the Apes has got to be up there. 2001 yeah, has got to be up there. Um, Yeah, from that era, probably those two. I don't know. Yeah, well, Even just, like, like, in sci-fi, like, this, like yeah. if we're talking about, like, sci-fi as a whole, in terms of movies. I think The Day the Earth Stood Still is probably, like... One of the uh, progenitors. I don't know, but we, like we watched the Invisible Man. That's up there too. That's sci-fi. Uh, sure. Yeah. Journey to the Center. Like, maybe like anything H.G. Wells wrote and was adapted. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, and H.G. Uh, Wells and Jules Verne. Yeah, and even like Mary Shelley, kind of like she gets credited with like starting the horror genre a bit. But Frankenstein is also a sci-fi story, to my mind. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, but yeah, this is definitely um, this is one of the one of the like oldest. Not I don't. It was one of the first like old sci-fi movies I saw as a kid. I definitely started with stuff newer than this, so like like Alien stuff like that. Right. But yeah, this is up there. Um, I don't know. It's not like now. It's just. It's very similar to like 60s and 70s sci-fi writing where it's like, here's a concept. We're not going to flush it out too much. We're just in this world and here's what comes out of that. It's like a... Right. It, it could have easily been like a Twilight Zone episode or something. Right. It's what like it's a bottleneck universe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's the elevator pitch. What if this dude is on a planet where apes are in charge? Uh, and then we kind of just go from there. They don't really worry too much about explaining how it got there <laughs> or stuff. There's a little bit of like cool world building, like the the caste system with the apes is fun, where the orangutans are religious. <laughs> I like that. Same as Doctor Zay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So well, I mean, let's get into this. So for those of you who haven't seen 
Planet of the Apes. Uh, would you recommend? Would you have to say this is like a must see film? I don't know. Not particularly. Maybe, uh, maybe if you're doing like movie homework or something, there like if you're interested in like movie making as a craft, then like the prosthetics and makeup in this movie blow the doors off of the fucking. Yeah. It's so good. It's <laughs> yeah, crazy. It's even by today's standards, yeah, it's like, like these fuck, that's really good. Like, these ape costumes look better than like the best CGI. Like watching Rise of the Planet. They really apes, do. All those all those apes are CGI'd and the ones in here, like the humanoid apes, look comparable or better most of the time. Yeah. Like Yeah, like oh my god, it's so the makeup and prosthetics and special effects in Planet of the Apes in terms of like the suits. Holy Christ, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a big, I don't know what the budget was, but it was like a big, in terms of like scope, a big movie that they made. Like lots of extras, lots of like hour-long makeup sessions for every extra that was playing an ape in this. And there are several shots where there's like 20 or 30 of them. So the budget for Planet of the Apes was $5.8 million. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of monkey the, makeup. The box office take what do you think the box office take was for this uh, i don't know like a uh, hundred million 33.4 million yeah that makes more sense. yeah uh, that seems small i don't know six I times mean, it, it's its a, budget back is you know a lot right but compared to i guess compared to how like how much of a legacy yeah. planet of the apes left and like created and yeah. it just seems like it's worth more. Like the box office take would have been more, you know, but I think it's probably higher after that. I don't know. Like we've <laughs> talked about this before, but like the way movies were played. Right. Uh, right. Up until semi, well, like within the last 20 years was kind of a different model. So, uh, Planet of the Apes starts off with a smoking Charlton Heston in his in space yeah. in, in his space he's, he's he's in his spaceship and he's smoking a cigar which yeah, okay <laughs> okay okay and just opining I to guess. himself yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> and they take off in 1972 and it, it's a no way home mission they are set out to, uh, what was their original mission? I don't know, like Alpha Centauri or something? But what was their original mission? Oh. Like, why they? Why were they? Yeah, I don't remember <sighs> if they said, like, I don't think they say that, like, the Earth is dying or anything. I think they just sent them out there to explore and, like, put them in cryo sleep or something. I don't, I don't really right. remember. They're out there for some reason, and they've made a journey of, like, a thousand years at this point, right? Uh, at this point, but then they make another one of a thousand because it's a two thousand year thing from when they crash. Right. So <laughs> he just wakes up, Charles and has to take a stroll, smoke yeah. a stogie, uh, record some cool captain shit. Like they crash, and uh, there's an air leak, and they're taking on water, and the three male members of the crew wake up, and they're like, "Oh my god, we're sick!" And Charles Heston goes to check on Stewart, the only female of the crew. And due to an air leak in her cryotube, uh, she has died. Yeah, if this was like some kind of Garden of Eden plan where they're going to go and like populate a new planet, that really yeah, is all I, fucked. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, it should have been either like 
four males and four females, or like not like <sighs> just Charlton Heston and a bunch of ladies right. would have been into that. <laughs> this is a much better movie. Yeah, but realistically, it should be like you know a colonial, like American colonial right. group it, of people, like. Couple and it hundred needs or to something. be like, yeah, it needs to be like two to three hundred, and it needs four, to be like ratio. Yeah, yeah. four twenty-five percent of them are dead before you enter the planet's atmosphere. Yeah, four like four total crew members. Seventy-five percent of those crew members are male. Yeah, <laughs> what do you do? Like, what? What? What are you hoping for? The most like real? Let, let's take that plan into like assessment. What is the best they hoped for? They each would have had two kids with her. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't maybe know. Maybe three? Like, I don't like, think what kind mission... of tax is that doing to the woman? I like... don't think this mission was super well thought out. It also looks like the spaceship <laughs> is only a cockpit with like a sleeping quarters. Yeah. It does look like there's much else to it. Yeah, they're essentially um, like in a small RV that goes in space. So they crash down on this planet and the men get out and they're like, astronauts, where are we? We're here. We're you know, two thousand light years, and we've like we haven't aged a day. Charlton has and uh, like devil may care asshole about this whole thing. Yeah, from that <laughs> point, like they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be astronauts. They're supposed to be like men of science, and but Charlton has seems like a fucking. He's a villain in this almost. He has like yeah. a comic book villain level approach to like. Yeah, I get. He's, he's like, supposed very... to be the protagonist, but he's like antagonizing his crewmates and like laughing maniacally <laughs> at times being like everyone you ever knew has been dead for a thousand years how do you feel about that he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like they're long and dead they're ashes now they're ashes of ashes yeah. your entire world has been taken is like, by time Stuart's then, dead you don't care about this and he's like he's, she's been dead for a thousand years I'm like sure but you just found out about it two minutes ago <laughs> right that's not how grief like, processing you works you just don't care <laughs> Jesus, Charlton Heston. And then, like, he, when they're walking across the desert, and he's, like, he's talking to his other... They're all fucking astronauts, by the way. They're all astronauts. So Dodge is one of the other astronauts. And he's talking to Dodge. He's like, you joined up because you wanted to be a mortal. <laughs> Somewhere out there, there's a bronze statue of you. Greened by time, and the nameplates are erased. But we don't say we don't forget our heroes. <laughs> and look at you now. You're in a way you've outlived everyone except for it's like what the fuck are you why are you doing this to this poor guy like what is wrong with you you fucking maniac I wonder if like the like, book maybe has some like some monologue stuff that they wanted to throw in or something but I don't but know. even then that's not I you're know. not painting Taylor in a good light yeah well you know I don't he doesn't really do much that's worthy of like praise he in really this movie does. there's not like a redemption. he doesn't he's not framed as like in the movie language, he's not framed as like a bad guy. He's just kind of the person all this shit happens to, but he doesn't really have like a character arc. <laughs> so uh, the astronauts are like walking around, and Charlton Heston finds a way to light up his stogie they find that he had that, from 2000. They find that years weed ago. on this planet that they yeah. think is like totally devoid of life, and their first instinct is to dig it up. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're in a desert without water or whatever. They have a little bit of water, a little bit of food. And the first thing they do, they find a plant in the ground, and they dig it up out of the ground in their hand. And they're like, "When there's one, there's more. Let's find it." And I'm like, "How is that an? How aren't you supposed to be astronauts or scientists or? Yeah, yeah okay. Maybe they didn't have that take only pictures, leave only footprints slogan yet. I don't know." <laughs> 
so uh, the the astronauts find they end up finding a little oasis. There's like a bunch of trees, and they find a waterfall, oh, yeah. and then they decide to strip down and start having a swim. You know, they go for a little swim, yeah. and their clothes get stolen by essentially Raquel Welch and the rest of her cast from a million years BC. Because it's oh, all yeah. of these like Neanderthal level humans. Yeah, it's, oh, no. it's, like, it's all it's yeah. hot hippies wearing Flintstones <laughs> costumes. I assume these are just the people that are hanging out in LA when they're going and like grabbing extras on the street. But dudes with, dudes with giant beards and a couple of women with like long hippie hair. It, I don't know. It's <laughs> yes, hot hippies. Jesus Christ, it's good. Um, so then Charles Heston. Oh yeah. Also, they're supposed to be scientists. They're supposed to be men of science. They're astronauts. They these three astronauts see these uh, primitive humans, or not even prim- just these oh. primitive looking humans. Yeah. They're like eating corn they're and they're corn living out in the land. <laughs> and Charlton Heston, the the fucking protagonist of this movie, this the guy you're supposed to like want to root for, goes. <clears throat> If this is the best this planet's got, we'll be running the place in six months. I, yeah, hear you say that too. You're like, oh, this guy is genius. <laughs> like running it for like running it for what? Again, you just did a colonization. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you're exactly what? Like, you're a fucking conquistador at this point. What do you mean running it? Running what? You just walk through a desert. What do you get? Like, it reminds King me of the, of the cornfield. Like, like it reminds me of like the buddy buddy dialogue from the original Ocean's Eleven that we watched, where they're just like saying all yeah. this shit, and it's like funny, and they're joking about it, but they're like, "This is horrifying, guys! Please stop." <laughs> it's also <laughs> it, Taylor, like Charlton Heston. Taylor, he's not joking when he says that. He's like, yeah, he, he, like the gears are moving in his mind of how he could take over a people. Like they haven't said it out loud, but basically they're stranded on this planet. <laughs> And uh, right. they either have Their to cope is... with the idea that they are the last three humans in existence, essentially, like on this planet, or they're going to have to do something else. And as soon as those native humans show up, there is something else is like, subjugate them. Okay, we can, we know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they someone start asks going, if so you're it's... a god, you say yes. <laughs> he didn't learn his lesson. He didn't. Um, so it, it, it yeah, the, like that's the, this guy's go to thought is we'll be running this place, which I guess, sure, congratulations, king of the planet. So they're like eating corn and they're like taking a break, reprieve, like a, a little reprieve, and then you know, like something startles the humans. And uh, there's like a like something starts like hitting sticks through the corn, and it's clearly like a roundup. And then for the first time, thirty minutes into the movie, you see these apes on horseback and they have rifles, and it's like, oh, that's the first big like twist. Like M Night Shyamalan yeah. saw this movie and just became obsessed with the idea of twists in movies. Maybe who knows? But that is, it is a cool moment seeing the. Uh... The apes on horseback there with the guns. It it, it, it is. I, I can only imagine what seeing like in theaters would be like too in 1968. Yeah, like that had to be a hold your breath or like 
gasp out loud moment, right? Movie trailers are wild in the 60s and 70s, though. They're like, here's basically the entire movie and a bunch of crucial shots. Like, even worse than, <laughs> like, Independence Day showing the White House blowing up. Like, they'll be like, here's all right. the scariest parts of the Exorcist in the trailer. <laughs> I imagine the apes on horseback probably in. We can go look, but yeah, I, but yeah, it must be must be cool to see. I don't know. I get like pumped up when that part happens in the movie now. So, so all of the the humans are rounded up, and one of the astronauts dies, and then the other two get caught, and uh, Charles and Heston get nicked, not shot in the throat directly. He gets nicked in the throat, and for some reason, that takes his ability to speak. And like for like forty five minutes, it like completely takes his ability to speak. He can't even make like raspy noises. He's just <laughs> no sound emanates from him for like for, yeah for the next forty five minutes of the movie. And he also is like and... terrible at like making hand signs about what he wants. I don't. It's, <laughs> he just doesn't yeah. try to do it. Again, proving that this guy is not like how did did he lie his way to the spaceship like. Yeah. The way he never tries to, like, hand sign anything makes me think, like, are you deliberately being bad at this or something? Like, <laughs> are you like being the obtuse? First thing, that was not the time. You're watching the doctors write stuff on a paper pad. Like, just make the writing with a pen on your own hand hand sign and, like, point to yourself so they give you paper. Right. <laughs> I don't know why. Because, so, like, they, Charles and Heston sees all the, like... The apes are posing with humans, like human bodies, and they're like talking and they have a camera. And then Charleston Heston passes out. And then he wakes up again in like a, a, a like a hospital, quote unquote. Yeah. It's like a um it's 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 like the medical facility of a zoo, basically. Like it's very similar. <laughs> yeah. And he sees uh, uh Dr. Zira. Zero. Who is a chimpanzee? <laughs> who is a doctor? <laughs> yeah, she's an animal psychologist. And Doctor oh. Zira starts like calling. She refers to Charlton Heston as bright eyes. Yeah, because he has blue eyes, like bright blue eyes, and like Frank Sinatra would steal these. Super depressing. <laughs> so she calls him bright eyes, and uh, he shows amazing mimicry. Because he, he he seems like he's trying to talk. And it's basically 45 minutes of Charlton Heston being bad at communicating that he has the ability to speak, write, and, like, communicate effectively. Yeah. And the apes just writing him off as, like, a dumb, like, primate, basically. Or, like, human, I guess. Yeah, they're, like, because they... <laughs> they have, like, like, to them, humans are, you know, just, like, animals like the way that we do like medical experiments on monkeys right and shit, like that's the same view that they have of humans and uh so but it's like also like religious actually it's very similar to the way a lot of christians feel about evolution oh, it, but it's, it's <laughs> very yeah zero or uh dr zayas really could be the pope yeah or just, yeah or like so like a young earth creationist or something like yeah like ken <laughs> ham <laughs> yeah <laughs> If we evolved from apes, then how come my grandfather was killed by an ape? <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Zayas is an orangutan, and yeah. he is the head of, he's the minister of science and the defender of faith. Oh, yeah. And there's a fun caste system in this where, like, the orangutans are, like, the religious leaders, and the chimpanzees are 
like the sciencey types, and then the gorillas do like military stuff. Right. And I don't know where bonobos fall into this. I don't yeah. know where howler monkeys fall into this or baboons. Or what about those ones with the but... dreadlocks? Like those are. I'm gonna look up the name of that monkey real quick, but yeah, there's a there's a caste system. <laughs> yeah. There's only three kinds of monkeys in this planet, though. Right. It's orangutans, chimpanzees, and gorillas. Um. So, uh, along the way, you know, like Charlton Heston tries to talk, he can't, and Doctor Zira's like, "Look, he's trying to speak. He learned it from us." And Zayas is like, no, a, a human can never talk. He's good at mimicry. They can learn simple tasks. Yeah. And the entire time, Charlton Heston could, just like Alec said, he could take his fucking hand and, like, write something. Or he could write, like, he could spell using, like, rocks or something. He doesn't do any of that to Zira. The yeah. one time he tries to write something is in the dirt in front of, like, Zira and Zira's secret husband, Cornelius, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but they, but they like, like a fight breaks out. The and then, yeah, for five minutes. He doesn't even it's try just... to like get their attention. Like you can still clap, yeah, Charlton Heston. Like, clap, just, like, yeah, like, hey guys, clap, like, you snap. Know, snap. You can reach through the bars and touch him. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh... There's so many options here. He barely tries, and then he's like exasperated. Barely, <laughs> we've tried nothing, and we're at our wits' end. <laughs> yeah, we're out of ideas. We, 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 yeah, we've tried nothing. And we're out of ideas. Um, so from this point on, you're just, by now, in 1968, I'm sure when I, you're like, ah, oh, this is so frustrating. But if you're watching with mom, modern sensibilities, you're like, my God, this is so fucking frustrating. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah, because, I mean, there's not like a lot going on in the movie, right? So it's like, they really <laughs> have not. to draw out this, like, this self-imposed, like, plot conflict thing where Charlton Heston yeah. is mute for plot reasons uh, and also bad at communicating for <laughs> plot reasons and that's like the middle third of the movie basically is just this situation waiting for things to escalate a bit and along the way Zira who has taken pity on Charlton Heston but also is fascinated by his intelligence decides yeah. he needs to mate yeah, or so at they least give him just a woman. Yeah. Right. They give yeah. him a woman, and like Alex said, it's really uncomfortable because like they open up the cell that he's in, and again, they're treating him like you would see animals treated at a zoo or something. Because they throw in this male, or they throw in this female, you know, kind of pretty. She's pretty. She's pretty hot hippie, uh, like the rest yeah, of can't, them. You know? <laughs> can't can't speak though. None of the humans can speak. Yeah. But her name is Nova. And Nova gets thrown in the cell, and like they close it. And then Charlton Heston looks at her, she looks at him, and then Charlton Heston looks at Zira, and Zira's like nodding and like, yeah, like smiling eh, and like, eh, yeah, eh. Like, like encouraging them to mate. And they even talk about that two or three times in the movie, and they're like, oh, Zira wants these two to mate. And it's like, that's not, I, I don't like where, like, ah, oh, this is just ski. Well, like, hopefully, it's making people think about the way they treat animals. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only thing right. about this. It's like, like, it's skeevy to a human, but just think about the way that animals are treated. Pretty, this is pretty on par with most of that. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty yeah. Like, you don't have to go far to find stuff. Even to this day, it's yeah. still how animals are being treated. About Rise of the Planet of the Apes later. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, with all the, that gets worse. Because yeah. it's medical experiments. Yep. 
Um, it would be funny so, if they were testing out like makeup on Charlton Heston or something. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. I think Charles, Charles, he wouldn't have done that though. He has a masculine image to keep yeah, up, you know. Yeah, yeah. He would have been like, "How dare testing you!" Testing out like monkey ED drugs on him or something. <laughs> I was Moses. I'm not going to wear makeup. Um, so 45 minutes in, Charleston Heston like breaks free from his cage, and he's running through this civilization, and he's causing a ruckus, and he stops. But he like runs in a museum, and he's. He's like oh, yeah. man on display. <laughs> and then you see like one of his debt, like one of the other astronauts who's with him has been stuffed. Yeah, and the one, they're on display now too. The one that died during the roundup is in there. Yeah. They like their museum of natural history. Uh, like side note, by the way, I really like the way they did this set for like monkey town or ape city or whatever. <laughs> I like the, it kind of feels like you're at the San Diego zoo, <laughs> like with all the stucco work. And stuff. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, like there's a part where they're in a very small amphitheater with like the tiered seating. I'm like, oh, I could you, like you could sit on here and watch a guy talk about birds of paradise down in the middle of that <laughs> or something. Birds of paradise. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very rem- it's like it's easy to see where they got like their ideas from, you know, like their set designs and all that. Um, so, and like, you know, Charleston Heston's running and people like apes are screaming and they're throwing stuff at him and the, like the whole thing. So finally they catch him. And as they go to like, you know, Zayas has been unapproving of all of this also. Cause by now, uh, Taylor has shown that he, uh, can like, uh, write cause he started writing notes to Zira finally. and he tells them about yeah. Yeah, he tells them about like space travel, or and then he builds like a paper airplane, which shows them like scientific. I love that that's the thing that convinces them that he has higher intelligence is the paper airplane. The paper airplane. Yeah, that's like everything else was like, yeah, but this really tips it over for him. <laughs> and, and along the way, like you know, Zira has talked a little bit about this to Zayas, and Zayas is like, heresy! No way a human can do that. And scientific flight is impossible. And yeah. you know, keep religion, religion. And, <laughs> I love that you know. flight is impossible. We have guns <laughs> and medical technology and stuff. We just haven't attempted flight. But it's impossible. It's Scientific flight is impossible. They have a weird impossible. level of technology in Ape Society. Too. They really they do. They, like, are, they also have like a pretty modern camera. Yeah, well, and they do like a blood transfusion, which is pretty recent. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> slight spoiler alert: they know how to do lobotomies too. <laughs> so... Yeah, fucking yeah, which is like how I guess we've been doing those since the 1800s, but they didn't do the transorbital lobotomy where you go through the nose or the eye socket. They cracked yeah, the no, dude's head no. open and stitched it back together. Yes, yeah, <laughs> stitched it back up. It's like okay, I guess. So, uh. They finally catch Charlton Heston after all of this nonsense, and Zayas has already been on the fence about castrating him or killing him or oh yeah, li- they say they're going to emasculate him is like the medical right. thing they they use, which means they're going to yeah turn him into a eunuch. <laughs> so they find and like that's when the first big famous line comes along, which is Charlton Soil Heston yelling, "Green is people." Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, wrong movie. Yes. Sorry. So let my people get. Sorry, wrong movie. Um. You can take my gun for my cold death. Sorry, wrong, wrong thing, wrong speech. Uh, no, it's the uh, get your damn paws off me, you stinking dirty ape. Get your hand, get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape. 
Yeah, so that's the first. Uh... Yep. And it's been a classic yeah. ever since. It is an iconic moment. It's also the first it time is. any of them hear him speak. Him speak. Yeah. And yeah, and that like brings shit to a halt. So then there's like an unnecessary trial, which is also rigged. Yeah, the trial uh, is cause, great. Because <laughs> Zira and Cornelius are put on trial along with Taylor for, you know, heresy. There's that really fucked up moment, too, where they're like, if you're so smart, talk to your friend here. (laughs) And then his friend, as part of his head shaved with a big old scar on the side, they've clearly lobotomized him. (laughs) He just comes out withstanding. So, and they also have a thing of, like, this man is not an ape. So ape law does not apply to him. Yeah. But we're still going to prosecute him? I don't know, man. Like, that's that happens <laughs> in America, too. We're like, these people are right. not citizens. They deserve no protections, but all of the prosecution we can muster. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Zira's like, but if he's not an ape, how can we put him on trial? And Zayas is like, heresy! And all the orangutans <laughs> yeah. are like, heresy! And Taylor tries to, like, speak for himself. And then the, eight, the orangutans do the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Like, at the, Where did at the table, and eventually... 2,000 years? Just... Yeah, I don't... They must have... Yeah. There's a lot of little stuff in the movie, too. <sighs> you have to not think about, like, why do they all speak English? Why wouldn't they evolve their own form of, like, ape speak or something? Right. It's helpful for Charlton Heston, to be sure, but <laughs> it's weird to think about. <laughs> but maybe they explain and, uh... that in the subsequent, like, Rise of the Planet of the Apes sequels. I guess Caesar starts speaking English, so maybe that's why. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, they're all convicted of heresy, and now we get, like, Zayas talking to Taylor one-on-one, and he's like, you know, I've known about man. Like, you're a threat. Tell me where your, you know, tell me where your tribe is. Where is, is there more jungle on the east side of the Forbidden Zone? Right. And uh, it's just this long, like, I understand Planet of the Apes is a classic, and I understand that it's like a piece of cinema history but man does nothing happen and nothing happens for a long time could have been like 30 or 40 minutes shorter you cut out like it it really could have charlton heston is in animal jail or or like speed all that up right yeah just show a couple of scenes of it i don't know yeah but or or like have all the like have the trial and stuff going on when he can't talk or i I just feel like (laughs) or just Skip There's the a, part where he can't talk at that over soon. I don't know. It's yeah, a lot I of just build feel up like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, so a lot going it, on. It, yeah, it, so they're all going to be convicted of heresy and murder and blah blah blah. And then Charlton Heston with Cornelius and Dr. Zira. Cornelius is also uh, an archaeologist, and they're gonna escape now to the Forbidden Zone to get proof that you know, maybe primate evolved from man which is heresy and they find this cave with like human artifacts like a doll sunglasses a heart valve for a pacemaker etc etc yeah such a weird confluence of items (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a human doll that like like a human talkie doll yeah like one of the fake baby dolls or whatever like the ones you would feed tiny cherries to if it was the 90s and Zira is like, I've known about man. No, Zayas. Yeah, and, uh, Zayas. yeah, yeah. Zayas is, yeah, Zayas is like, I've known. Yeah, Zayas has been covering up this, like, he knows, like, 
the lawgiver who gave like the sacred scrolls and all that. He he understands that there is more to like he he basically knows that man was not animal originally. He is yeah. aware of the like the truth. And he views the and truth as like a threat to ape society. Right. So there's this oh, so long and kind of unnecessary thing where like he takes where Taylor takes Zaius hostage and he's like making demands with apes and it's just fucking long and kind of unnecessary. Yeah. And, that's yeah. That forbidden, the yeah. forbidden zone cave part is odd. And then like, yeah, Zaius is also strange. We'll let Charlton Heston go. So, and he's like, I'm still killing you guys, Zira and Cornelius. <laughs> like, You're still in trouble. Yeah. He, yeah. Like you guys are going to be like heresy. And they're like, we'll blow up the cave and then no proof. And he's like, what about ape society? He goes, I believe I just saved... Or he's like, what about the future? He goes, I just saved you from it. And now, like, we get the biggest twist of all, which is honestly a cool twist, if yeah. you haven't seen it or if you don't know it. And in 1968, yeah. I'm sure this fucking floored people. Because Charlton Heston has now taken Nova with him, because he has made Nova his mate, because he said some sexist fucking shit... Every time he talks, like every time Charlton Heston opens his goddamn mouth, it's to be antagonistic or sexist. (laughs) It's just fucking horrifying. Yeah, or to opine uh, about the nature of being like a lone spaceman in space separated from your (laughs) civilization. It's just that. He's like Kirk without any of the redeeming parts. (laughs) It's It's true. Um... So he is now like claimed Nova as his mate, which is just ugh, it's gross to think about. Yeah, I mean, like also, yeah, the claiming as his mate is not great. Liberating her from what is essentially an animal testing facility is good. Uh, right. I don't know why he didn't take anyone else with him. I feel like you could really like <sighs> you could really take a much more like like you know he could liberate the humans and take them with him when he. T- he does not, and doesn't seem that concerned with the plight of his fellow humans. He does. He again. He does not care. Yeah, he's like, well, the subjugation plan's out the window, so I'm just gonna go my own way here. <laughs> <laughs> and er- earlier too, like he's trying to tell all this to Nova. He's like, we came here on a like on a mission, and. Stuart, uh, you should have seen her. What a woman. She was to be our new Eve with our hot, meager help. Of course, there's literally a fucking line of dialogue. Yeah. She was to be our new Eve with our hot and eager help, of course. That is a line of dialogue. Thankful that Nova doesn't speak any English at this point. because Or understand be like, it. Yeah, because she'd be like, like, if I were in her, I'd be like, oh, no, this could be just worse for me than being with the apes. It's unclear at this moment. Um, so, and then he's like, I can't remember what he says up to that, but he says something like, you're not so bad, Nova, and you're the only girl in town. And it's like, you're, so, you don't, you don't, this isn't you settling, you don't get a choice, like, you were, it's not. Yeah, the implications are wild, and they're like a. Yeah. I know it's the late 60s, early 70s, so, like, consent talk isn't super in vogue or whatever, but, like... But it's even, like, the only reason why he knows Nova is because Zero wanted them to make... Yeah, I don't know Nova. 
And, uh, <laughs> and even then, let's 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 talk about Charles and Heston's role in this. Yeah, and I mean Nova. He's still gonna go along with it. Yeah, and Nova is essentially like just a cardboard cutout of a woman. She literally doesn't speak, and she has like zero personality in the movie. She's just like totally she's just quiet. Tra- yeah. Sometimes she's afraid she's just of stuff. Tra- Those are her okay. only character <laughs> traits in this movie. Is it, like being her hot, job is to, silent like, it, and occasionally up, afraid like, or in danger. It's just like be smiling pretty, nod your head, and that's it. And it's just yeah. the worst and fucking get, thing because it's like, and get man, this chick, this chick got cast for this. Like she auditioned for this. I hope she got paid well. Like I know she didn't get paid as well as fucking Charles Neston. Is goddamn? Is Zira the only woman in this movie that speaks? Because I know Stuart doesn't. She dies right away. Nova doesn't. Stuart dies right away. We don't even see. Yeah, Stuart dies. I mean, for, um, forget the Bechdel ke- like test. Is there a second woman in this movie that's talks? <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't even get to that level yet because we yeah. need. We well, need the at Bechdel least two. Test is like, do two, the, do, the two Bechdel... do two named female characters talk to each other about something other than a man? I'm forgetting about. Are right? there two? Not even named. Are there two female <laughs> characters in this movie who speak? I don't think there are. I don't think so either. Okay. I think Zira is the only one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's like this doesn't even meet the. This is what I'm pretty sure. This is why the Bechdel test was invented. Yeah. I mean, the Bechdel test. Like the point of it is, it's such a low bar, and lots of things fail to clear it. But this is like this thing. This thing fail to clear it. Burrowed into the ground to go under the bar, (laughs) and it came back up on the other side. (laughs) It's pretty fucking bad. Like. Uh, explain what that is for people who don't know. Like, yeah, just in a, case, it's a media metric that was that came up that was uh, invented by cartoonist Alison Bechtel, and the original metric is it's just like a pass fail thing. It's not meant to indicate like quality of a movie. It's just like the point of this is like how low the bar is, and the bar is does this movie have two female, two named female characters who speak to each other about something other than a man? And like lots of movies fail this extremely like low bar test. And this one doesn't even have like, it has three named female characters, but two of them don't speak at any point And they definitely don't talk to each other. One of them basically sex traffics the other one. So it's, <laughs> pretty rough i mean and all kinds of like weird movies will pass this there's a podcast called the bechdel the bechdel cast bechdel test i don't know where they talk about movies and like that's the framing device they use and they've talked about like like it's a really low bar we've had movies pass it where one female character tells another female character to kill herself it's not great but it passed (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is shocking the amount of like i don't think quentin tarantino's movies pass that Probably not, yeah. Well, no, maybe Kill Bill. Kill Bill, yeah, there are... Because it's, like, five badass female assassins. Right, but every other... Like, I can, like, Scorsese's (laughs) don't. Yeah, I mean, it's, like... Francis Ford Coppola's don't. Coppola's either. I'm trying to think of, like, Scorsese, like, The Departed or whatever. I think there's one woman in that movie. Maybe two. You know, it's, like... Tia from Mega or something. I can't remember her name. Like the the amount of movies that don't pass that test are shocking when you yeah. really think about just the requirements. I mean, if you think about like the roots of acting, though, if you go back to like Shakespeare days where <laughs> women oh, weren't sure. allowed to perform at all, uh, so, right? Like all of the female parts were paid by dudes and wigs. Uh, and uh, you know, yeah, Tyler so Perry pays homage to that to this day. Yeah. 
Anyway. I prefer Ma Dukes from the yeah. Boondocks. That's what I was trying to think um, of. Ma Duke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ma Dukes. Um, so, and along the way, like, we meet the other astronaut that Charleston Heston was teamed up with, but Azaeus has cut into his brain and yeah, performed a lobotomy. Lobotomized. Yeah, so, but this and, is. Like, and, and like hardcore lobotomized, like yeah, like, like we we're saying, like not the transorbital <laughs> one where they go in through the nose or the eye socket. They cut part of his, like his head is half shaved, and he's got big old stitches in a C shape from where they opened his cranium <laughs> up. Like, woof. So uh, towards the end of all this, you know, like it's up yeah. in the air. They what will Charlton has to Zayas blows up the cave. <laughs> Cornelius and Zara are the fates are unknown, but probably fucked. And like Charlton has oh, takes off on horseback with Nova to go with Nova across the forbidden, the forbidden Zone. Yeah, I also love this is such a like 60s, 70s sci fi thing, which is a place called the Forbidden Zone. Is bum 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 is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to give the hammer drop on how this ends? Uh, sure, yeah, they're on horseback, uh, they're walking along the uh, a beach on the ocean, presumably. And then you see, like, the camera pan. This was like, Charlton Heston's on the horse and stops. Yeah. Uh, and he's like in shock, and they pan over, and we see the Statue of Liberty buried in sand up to her neck, holding the torch up. And then Charlton Heston goes on this rant about how, like, the humans did it. They really did it. They blew it all up. Um, and you know, then it ends. Yeah, it implies that like the humans ended their world with like nuclear war or something. I don't know if that's stated outwardly in the movie, but I think that's like the accepted explanation is that there's some kind of like right. nuclear holocaust that ended human civilization, and only the apes remained. So yeah, and and the, and the entire time they like Charlton Heston believed he was on another planet because yeah. of the computer readings, but in reality he was wrong all along. Well, you it know, was Earth yeah, all, all along, and I have that queued up for later, but. <laughs> <laughs> also, more more uh, more evidence in our Charlton Heston is not really an astronaut theory. He couldn't read those fucking instruments. He didn't know he was just still he, in the Soul Galaxy. Come on, dude. Yeah, uh, initially he was like, I think we're in somewhere in the be- uh, the Bellatrix system. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> just <laughs> just making shit up. He's fucking fantastic, Mister. Or he's like <laughs> Mister Ripley'd his way into this situation, and he's <laughs> way over his head. Guys, this has gone way too far at this point, and I wanted to say something, but every time I waited, it got like worse and worse. I have to say it now. I'm not actually an astronaut. Sorry. We all need to take a step back. Nova, I have to tell you something. Please don't freak out. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, and I'm sure in 68, with like. Almost like the Godzilla thing, you know, nuclear yeah. war is fresh on the mind, and we're like dealing with the Cold War, and it is so a, I'm sure that like the reveal of you know that it, kind of fallout, it is a big at reveal. The end of, like, the it first, is. The it, first it, time it's, I, it's the first. It's going to be the first big like twist, right? Yeah, one one of them. I mean, it's definitely like one of the most memorable ones. There's a reason it's like it gets up there with. Like the big spoilers of the world, it's like right. <laughs> it was Earth all along. Snape kills Dumbledore, a few others. Um, like Vader is Luke's father. Yeah, that one too. But like when I saw this the first time, like my dad showed it to me, and he didn't tell me how. It, I didn't know how it ended, and that was sure. Big, I was like, "Whoa, fuck! This is great." Well, I mean, I was like twelve, wasn't yeah. saying fuck yeah, at the but, time, but 
<laughs> no, I, like, I mean, I think I, nuts. I think I had the same. I think everyone, if you don't know Planet of the Apes and you watch it for the first time and you see that ending, I think everyone has the same reaction, which is, oh fuck, it's, it's yeah. Earth. Like, oh shit. I mean, that's yeah. Like, yeah. That's the other big half of like the sci-fi premise is like it's an ape society and also it was Earth the whole time. Guys, it really doesn't change the story at all. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, because there's still like those time readouts are still correct. If I'm like, there, we don't have any reason to believe it's not two thousand years in the future, right? But, like it might as well be a different planet at that point. Especially like sure, Heston of course, Dickishly says like everything they know is gone and dead for thousands for you know thousands of years at this point because yeah. also if you look at the statue of liberty that means that they're in new york yeah i i was trying to and work like, that out they're too. not like the seaboard like the sea level has like the land has risen so much thinking that too like how tall is the statue of liberty it means that like the sea level has risen like a hundred feet or something like something yeah but also like I don't. The Statue of Liberty would have had to have like been uprooted and carried way far inland, right? Because like these two things don't really work. Like right. if the, well, sea the Statue level... of Liberty is on Liberty. It's on its own little like island. Yeah, out in the Atlantic Ocean, like off the coast right. of New York. <laughs> I get that, but like if so, what I'm saying is if the sea level goes up by enough to be at the neck of the Statue of Liberty, or at least like the collarbones of the Statue of Liberty, that would also mean that the coast, the effective coast of the East Coast, has moved inland by a shitload, right? Like probably miles. <laughs> yeah. So yes. the Statue of Liberty being buried in the sand on the beach like that is. I was trying to think. I was like, how would this? Maybe like two thousand years is enough for like tectonic plates to move. I don't fucking know. But yeah, I don't. It's one I'm of those like, things where it's like it's best not to sit down and scrutinize it too much. Like the, like they the don't, they don't show them. They don't show them crossing a peninsula or swimming or anything. It's essentially like, oh, the Statue of Liberty is on the end of New York now. Yeah, and, and the it's place... like the, the Statue of Liberty is on its own little. You have to take a ferry <laughs> to get. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the geography, like trying to think of this as like Earth and also North America, is like confusing because like the place they land kind of looks like the Grand Canyon or the Southwest. Yeah, like, you know, and like, and they make it all the way to New York. Like that's a long ass walk. So essentially, oh yeah, all of this is the East Coast, two thousand years in the future. Yeah, but I guess if like nuclear war and then global warming, maybe it uh, desertified a large portion of I mean, North America or something. I'm I'm willing to accept that they could be in like they could be in like northern Canada or something, and it's just like sure. because global warming is so fucked up, it's like tropical or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, and and you know then and that's Planet of the Apes, and then it goes on to have four sequels. It'd be awesome if instead of a Statue of Liberty, it was like that big pyramid bass pro shop or something. <laughs> Smoothie King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like a, I don't know, like one of those tire dump dumps, or because like that's that's never going anywhere. Just like right, the tire are... fire pit from Tracy or something. Oh, I recognize all this. And I, I guess we should give like major credit to. Uh... Um, to Kim Hunter, right? Who is, is Kim Hunter? She's Doctor Zira. Oh yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. Kim, all the, Kim Hunter was Doctor Zira. All the people in ape makeup are awesome. I watched. I tried to find it, but I couldn't. But when I had seen this, like back originally, there we also had like some sort of it was like special features or something that came along with it. So I, like I watched a little bit about the production work, and it's pretty crazy how long that makeup takes. It's like several hours of like prep work for 
everyone that's going to be an ape get up. And they, they leave it on the entire day. So there's like fun stories about them going to craft services, or like they're shooting on location or whatever. They're all in ape makeup and eating. <laughs> and people would talk about like occasionally they'd be served peas for lunch and they would be stuck in like the ape mouth, like around the gums of the ape mouth. Oh, uh, just because, like, you know, and that's sitting out farther than the because they have like muzzles basically, right? Like they stick out a lot farther right. than a human mouth. So, but yeah, people would have to go through like pick the little bits of peas and carrots out of their <laughs> out of their ape <laughs> mouth because stuff would just get stuck in there because they had to like they couldn't they're not going to take four hours to get their makeup on and off for right. Lunch. Yeah, fun stuff. There's a I didn't watch it, but there's like an hour and a half long documentary that was crowdfunded about the making of this that I think would probably be really interesting. It looks like they're interviewing mostly like production people. Sure. Um. Yeah. Which yeah. is like I don't know. We've talked about this in the last couple of movies have been really good for this, but just like like old school film production is so fascinating. The practical just, like, effects is crazy. I just want to say, like, you know, Diane Stanley, uh, Kim Hunter, and Linda Harrison, uh, thank you, ladies, for your <laughs> sacrifices and amazing dealing performance. With Charlton Heston. <laughs> yeah, dealing with also before Charlton Heston takes Nova and goes to find whatever is out there beyond the Forbidden Zone, because he's Charlton Heston, he has to like there has to be a scene where he kisses someone, right? So he's like, Doctor Zira, I'd like to kiss you, and I'm like, Hey, you <laughs> ask? That's nice, at least. Like it didn't, yeah. But even then, I'm like, What? You don't have to like, like declaring his <laughs> what he's about to do. Yeah, like you could have shook her hand or hugged her, or like you didn't have to go in for it. Like, it didn't have to have that heroic moment or whatever. Yeah. And I love that Zira's like, well, okay, but you're ugly. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> fuck it, stick it to him. Like, is this cold oofish? Like, this is like the equivalent of Bubbles, Michael Jackson's monkey, kissing someone on the mouth <laughs> and everyone laughing about it. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just. You know, Diane Stanley, Linda Harris, and uh, Kim Hunter, thank you, ladies, for your service. Sorry you had to deal with Charles Nestle. It's a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. um, There's one but, yeah. dude also. I think it's the guy who played Cornelius. No, we're shouting out the ladies. Uh, Roddy, uh, Roddy, uh, Roddy McDowell. Yeah, Roddy McDowell played, or I don't know if it was Roddy McDowell. There was one extra who played like three or four different apes. So you got to do like all kinds <sighs> of different makeup and stuff. He said he, had, he was the only oh, person who had the God. dubious honor of getting to play three of them. Oh, Jesus, cool I don't even want to know how much time in the chair that would be, though. I know, it's probably several <sighs> different days of shooting with just, like, different things. Right, but, like, but yeah. just to be, like... Overall, yeah, no, it's crazy. There's a... Yeah. I have a lot of respect for anyone who... There's several movies where, like, the main character is in heavy prosthetics, and it, they, it involves them getting there, like, four hours before everyone else just to be in makeup. Right. Oh, man, that's rough. And so, that, that Planet of the Apes, 1968... Um, classic film, classic piece of sci-fi. Bonds lots of sequels uh, because it did so well. Right. <laughs> they weren't sure when they were making it. Like a lot of people, a lot of people making it thought it was going to flop. Too. There's a uh, like three or four, four, right? There's there's, there's definitely Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Then there's Beneath, beneath the Planet of the Apes, Apes Escape from Planet of the Apes, Conquest of Planet of the Apes, and then Battle for Planet yeah, of the Apes. Five of so them. That's five. Two, yeah, the first two, uh, Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes is fun. It's the one where there's like that religious society <laughs> underground that worships an right. unexploded nuclear uh, missile. No, yeah, yeah. So like, it's if you warhead. don't know where that trope comes from, it's from that, which is great. Uh, <clears throat> Escape from the Planet of the Apes is like less compelling, and then I didn't see the last two. 
you know. It's it gets, like uh, like lots of things after the third one. Like third one's not usually not right. amazing, and then things steeply fall off from there on numbers four and five. The original Planet of the Apes came out in 1968, and then yeah. Beneath came out in 70, 71. Escape came out in 71, and then two, and then three. Yeah, they're really pumping them out. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a year of these yeah, which... high makeup productions. Um, yeah. So, so uh, and then, you know, we jump all the way forward to, uh, we're going to go past 2001. Yeah, say, with 2001, we don't look in that direction. Goodbye, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Keep going. The big twist in that was uh, Abraham Lincoln. That was the reveal. Yeah, it's still it's essentially <sighs> the same plot, but they get back to Earth at the end, uh, and now Earth is like modern day Earth is run by apes. So it's like the NYPD shows up, right? And then, <laughs> and then there's a statue of they, they, Abraham the, Lincoln, but it's an ape head. Does it say it on the plaque? But like the obvious name is Ape Abraham Lincoln. I don't know if it says it on the plaque, but that's the obvious. That's like the, yeah. Yeah. It's Ape Lincoln. Yeah. That's what you would call it. Like if you had a pet chimpanzee and dressed him up in a, in a stovepipe hat and a suit, you would call him right. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> it's the same people. It's like, yeah, oh, but it's it like wouldn't be stoners. modern day earth. What it's just like it just happens. I don't know. I'm gonna get bogged down with this, but yeah, it just I don't happens know how, to be. How, how would it be modern day? Like, it happens to the be. History would have followed. It's still earth. But it's like future Earth, but they're in a version where it perfectly mimics modern day society, except for apes. That's <laughs> so somehow human society ended, and then ape society did the exact same thing over again. I down see, to the I Civil w- War and Reconstruction. Yeah, and I, I want to see Planet of the Apes Civil War. Yeah, me too, man. Like I want to see, I want to see Lincoln with apes. I'm thinking about this. Lewis in an ape suit. I'm thinking about this too much now. Like. Did the did the chimpanzees subjugate the orangutans? Or like, who was the subjugated class here? Like, who was Abraham Lincoln, the great liberator of? Please get Daniel Day Lewis in an ape suit. Let's make Lincoln again. Let's do let's do that version of Lincoln. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! No, okay, you know what? I just want a whole series of movies set in the Planet of the Apes. So, like, I want to see Titanic, the ape version. I want to see like Casablanca, the right. ape version. Fun Schindler's off. List, the ape version. Fun jumping off point for our upcoming fan fiction expanded universe. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to go past that to 2011. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now we have. James Franco. Yeah. Because when you think of smart scientist dudes, you think of James Franco. (laughs) It's better than having Mark Mark Wahlberg be a scientist, which is what they do in (laughs) the OG Planet of the Apes and also in The Happening, probably like my most reliable movie. So he's like, and it helps that James Franco is objectively really bad at his job in this movie. So like, it makes it more (laughs) believable. He's kind of, in this way, kind of a charlatan like Charlton Heston. <laughs> he may have faked his way into this role too, because he basically ruins the planet. Spoiler alert. So let's get into it with 2011's Rise. This of planet of the James Earth. Franco's poor fucking neighbor, man. <laughs> oh my god, that guy. Uh, that was fun. I like the the recurring coming back to him, just having the worst, the series of the worst days ever. 
Yeah, so 2011, James Franco is... Who? I don't remember his name. But James Franco, science <sighs> doctor, works in a lab that experiments Will. on... Will. He's Will. He's Will. He's Will... Something. Not super important. Rodman. Will, it's oh, yeah. Will, Will Rodman. Rodman. Yeah, because this thing was like Jacobs, but Jacobs is the fellow that like runs the lab, is like yeah. the CEO guy. Um, All right, like, so Will Rodman. Yeah. Go, Alex. Will Rodman Ooh. is a generic science dude who works in a lab where they experiment on apes, on chimpanzees. Actually, it doesn't seem super specific. They kind of just want any like high-order primate is uh, what it looks like. Uh, and he's developing this like non-specific serum thing. It's like I don't remember what that is. It's like something one twelve. Is like it's something... ALZ one twelve, and it's supposed to be the cure for Alzheimer's. Yeah, they're making a cure for Alzheimer's, and it starts with they give it to this monkey, this chimpanzee uh, named yeah, named Bright Eyes, which is a fun little nod uh, to right. what they call Charlton Heston. Bright Eyes, uh, they're trying to get Bright Eyes out of this tank. Or, or okay, so Bright Eyes is very smart. They show her doing that thing where you got to stack the discs, and they're small to large discs on three pegs, and she can do it in like twenty moves. They've given her this thing, and she's super smart, and like not just like not just prepared brain damage, but like smarter than she started. Uh, James Franco brings this to the CEO, and they're like, "Oh, we got to move on this. We'll present it to the board." They start presenting it to the board, and then meanwhile, the monkey wrangler. I don't remember his name, but he's just kind of around. Shows up later a bit. Is like, we can't get Bright Eyes out of the tank. She's like all in the back of the, the cage that she's in, like being reticent. And like, oh, okay, we'll trick her to get her out. And they try and do that. They try and get her hand out super ineffectually. They open the whole cage door for some reason, and then Bright Eyes just like breaks the fuck out and goes, goes ape in the science facility. Like, runs all over the goddamn places, smashing through windows all over, being just generally really aggressive, breaks into the CEO boardroom by smashing through their giant projection glass at one end, like, lands on the table, and then is, like, shot to death by a security guard. Um, And and keep in mind, this movie starts with a horrifying roundup of these apes in the jungle. Oh, yeah, I forgot they did that. It's a really good parallel to the scene where they're uh, rounding up all the humans. Rounding up, yeah. yeah. In the original, yeah. There's a few good moments where they do those parallels, too. There's uh, a few weird moments, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's definitely more than a few. Um, But they... Like, later on, like, there's a part where this horrible fucking ape keeper or whatever is tormenting the apes with a shock stick and all the metal cages. And then at the end of it, he starts screaming. It's a madhouse as all the apes are going crazy. Oh yeah. That's another reference. He also says, get your paws off me. You damn dirty ape. Yeah. I'm like, that's not, it wasn't need to do the bright eyes. I liked the, uh, and I think they make an offhand. There's a part in the background where they're talking about like Gemini flight or something flight. It sounds like maybe Icarus Icarus flight. And it sounds like you're like, I don't remember if they called the spaceship in the original one Icarus, but it sounds like maybe Icarus is a parallel thing. So, well, you you jumped the gun on that one majorly. Uh, So we'll talk about that right now, then, I guess. Um, What what happens? uh, Okay. Okay. They find Bright Eyes' baby, and she has passed down her smartness. Somehow, this ALZ thing can be transmitted genetically. I don't know if that checks out science wise, Uh, but it happens. 
to find this little baby monkey. Uh, oh, also because of this incident where that security guard had to shoot the smart monkey bright eyes, uh, this guy Jacobs, the like CEO, like money man for this place, very like profit motivated guy. He's like shuts the whole thing down. And the monkey wrangler, he tells the monkey wrangler like basically like kill all these kill all these apes. Uh, <laughs> the monkey wrangler does it. They don't show it, thankfully. But like later, James Franco is there, and the monkey wrangler guy is like, oh yeah, turns out. Bright Eyes had a baby in the cage with her. Uh, she wasn't aggressive. She just wanted to protect her baby, which also doesn't really... I don't know. Um, how would they not have known? How would they not have known? And also, like, it seems like weird behavior. I am not a primatologist, but I, I don't... Like, she runs away from her child to go very far into this boardroom to just, like, freak the fuck out on people. She's pretty right. smart. Maybe she had a vendetta against some of them. I don't know, but she seems like she was buddy buddy with James Franco anyway. So like, this baby monkey is in there. The monkey wrangler is like, James Franco, check this out. You need to take this baby monkey. And James Franco, like, sanely is like, no, that's a terrible idea. And then the monkey wrangler is like, you know what? I've killed twelve of these guys already. I'm not doing another one. You can do it then, and he puts like which is fair syringe. Yeah, the syringe of euthanasia drug down, and then James Franco's like, "Well, okay, I'm taking this monkey home then." Uh, also, James Franco's dad, John Lithgow, oh, John- has Alzheimer's. Yeah, he is. Uh, I love John Lithgow though; he's fantastic. <laughs> so do so I. He's great. Yeah, I was uh, happy to see him. I'm like, hey, all right. Farquad for all you Shrek fans out there. Uh, part of Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Uh, Dick. Dick from Third Rock. Uh, the Patriarch of the Hendersons from Harry and the Hendersons. A lot of parallels. Yeah. To this oh, movie. look at you. Um, also in Orange County. Oh my God, it does. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> I didn't even realize that until you said that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. John Lithgow befriends a giant ape. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so uh, James Franco takes this baby monkey home, and then he also, uh, before before Bright Eyes freaked out, I think he had, I don't remember if it was before or after, but he had stole some of this ALZ 112 uh, and gives it to his father, which is like, they haven't... Not yet. Or that's later? Okay. I thought, because I thought they shut the whole thing down and he pocketed some of the drug. <laughs> he does. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he doesn't start until he realizes that... Um, because they named the baby Caesar. Yeah. And Will realizes that Caesar has bright eyes like his mother. Right. And the reason they have bright eyes is because uh, the ALZ-12 does something to them and the, the retinas of their eyes have green like specks green in them. Or, yeah. uh, So he notices that Caesar's intelligence is starting to skyrocket. And it is when Caesar's intelligence and his cognitive abilities start to be far beyond what they should be that he steals some of the oh, drug for his dad. Right. He had Caesar for, I think three years before he doses his dad. With yeah. It. Cause they do a couple of like time cuts. It's like they have baby monkey. It's named Caesar by Alzheimer's ridden John Lithgow. Cause he's like, they have this line about how he's like, well, he's doing better this morning. He was quoting Shakespeare, like the live in nurse with them. Yeah. That, oh, and then it's after like John Lithgow has a particularly bad bout of like Alzheimer's freak out, and then the living nurse quits. Uh, yeah. And then I think then James Franco's like, I don't ex- 
now that I'm recalling this, it doesn't make sense. Like they closed the whole system down and it's three years later. Why is that drug still anyway? Right. Why do they still have like large amounts of it? Yeah. And he steals it off a production line. So I don't know what the game plan there. Like, did they just want a drug to make smart monkeys? It doesn't seem super profitable. It was still supposed to be Alzheimer's, so... Yeah, but they canceled yeah. it after they had to shoot that monkey. <laughs> well, they told, like, Jacobs tells them, he's like, go oh, back to the drawing board, they reformulated. start over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What I'm mixing up is that, so, like, they move on to ALZ-113 or something, and then right. later he makes them, like, and it's delivered via a virus is, like, how they get it in the <laughs> blood system. And then later, for plot reasons, they have to make a different virus. That's what right. it was. Okay, this all makes sense again. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, where was so he has baby monkey he lives with him, very smart, sets up the house for baby monkey to have a good time, and there's some fun scenes of baby <laughs> monkey navigating the house by just swinging on everything <laughs> in really fun ways. Uh, <laughs> there's also like all this monkey is entirely CGI through the whole movie. Uh, like it's more obvious. It's in the circus. Others. Yeah, yeah, like doing the the bigger mocap. Did he also do like like adolescent Caesar mocap? Stuff? I think he did it all. Man, Andy Circus, consummate professional. Um, <coughs> so, um, Andy Circus, for those who don't know, uh, you might recognize his face, but if you don't, you'll definitely know his work from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit as Goblin. Yeah, basically, like <laughs> any weird creature that was done in a mocap <laughs> suit was probably Andy Circus, and then later it's either... it was also Benedict Cumberbatch, but probably Andy Circus. But before both of them, it was probably Warwick Davis. Oh, yeah, but he didn't do mocap. He was just in costumes, right? He's like Wicket, the teddy bear from Star Wars. I can't remember what they're called. Yikes. Ewoks. Ewoks from Endor. Teddy bear from Star Wars. <laughs> I was trying to, I was, all I could think of was that South Park line about Wookiees don't live on Endor. I was like, I know he's not a fucking Wookiee. That not, does not a... make sense. <laughs> what? Why would a Wookiee live on Endor? It does not make sense. The Jesse Jackson defense, the oh, Ewok defense. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and he's in. God, that Val Kilmer movie fantasy thing. I can't remember the name of. Um. Yeah, but, but they know who he is now. Anyway, they googled it. Yeah, this is really not important. Uh, <laughs> Andy Circus does a lot of mocap in this. Um. Where we're in, it's like stuff happens. James Franco pockets some of this drug, gives it to John Liskow. John Liskow makes a full recovery and is even better than he was before. They have this scene. Oh, where he's like, playing piano like a motherfucker. Yeah, they had a scene previous where he's like trying to play piano and really not having a great time with it. Like, presumably, he knew how to play piano already, and the Alzheimer's has made him not able to do that anymore. And then, like, James Franco doses him with this drug at night and then falls asleep on the bed and he wakes up, and John Liskow is like gone out of the bed. And James Franco comes Simpsons predicted that, by the way. Simpsons predicted what now? Like, can I play the piano? Oh, yeah, anymore. Like, <laughs> well, I couldn't before. Yeah. But see, but now John Lithgow is playing the piano. Yeah, yeah. but he also could play it before, you know? presumably, because they had that piano right. in the house and he was trying to do it. Anyway, yeah. John Lithgow is like, he's all better now. Super smart, having a great time of it, like 100% recovery and then some better than he was before. Uh, and things are going great. They're having a good time with Caesar. Uh, James Franco meets this cool, like, veterinarian gal. Uh, 
who I don't remember what it was. Like something happens to Caesar and he takes he gets him. cut. Oh yeah. Oh Caesar like is it after Caesar broken out of the, or like escaped the house and wanted to ride that bike? Oh, this is like the start yeah. of the antagonistic relationship with James Franco's neighbor. So like yes. baby Caesar or adolescent Caesar finds an open window one day and hops. He's, he's been watching these kids playing on the street through his attic window, like fucking rear window style. Uh, and, he's, <laughs> and he really wants to go play with them is like the vibe we get. And one day he's walking around the house and he sees an open window and he hears the kids playing and he hops out the window uh, and he walks over to the neighbor's place and like into their open backyard and like into the garage. And one of the kids really freaks out when they see Caesar, which I don't know why I think kids like monkeys, but yeah, I don't. The neighbor comes in like with a bat ready to go. Hot. Comes in hot. Comes in hot. I was not like, you don't like the neighbor immediately. So I was like, but he really does not earn his later punishment. Uh, neighbors like get the fuck out of here and then James Franco and John Lithgow come in and they like take Caesar and James Franco's like chill out man he just wanted to play anyway they take him back also like yeah he, he was just being hostile to an animal just to be hostile it's be like if yeah. like if your dog like it'd be like if your dog got loose in someone's backyard and you went over to get him you're like hey man sorry about that and you're got and like the dude was gonna hit the fucking dog with a stick you'd be like what the fuck yeah like, and this, no is, like, that. this is the equivalent of like you know, like bubbles the monkey at this point, like basically just like a super socialized monkey that's also very smart and is used to being around people. Has not shown any aggression at this point. Like, it's not prone to. Has not shown arms. any. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like we haven't seen any either. It's not like prone to ripping the arms off of stuff or anything. You know, there's like the kids are in no danger. This dude just doesn't. Zero like, maulings. This guy Caesar has zero maulings under him right now. Yeah, this guy just doesn't like the anything the monkey being in his backyard <laughs> i mean the rest of it i think is earned but or well i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know about attacking an old man with alzheimer's i don't know if that's earned he didn't know he had alzheimer's but this guy as far as he knew this dude tried to like steal his car and crash into a bunch of other cars with it like dude could have just been anyway uh caesar i guess like is injured in this Somehow, yeah. uh, and then James Franco takes Caesar to a zoo to go to the animal hospital doctor, this nice veterinarian lady. Uh, they hit it off immediately because, you know, James Franco is very handsome, I guess. Or he, he is. He doesn't really do much personality-wise in this movie other than, like, he likes his dad. That's cool. He wants his dad to not have Alzheimer's anymore, which is cool. And he likes Caesar. But he's, like, a bad dad. He's a bad monkey dad. Uh, he is a bad monkey dad. He's like very similar to Dr. Frankenstein in this, in that he <laughs> creates this thing and then just <laughs> drops all responsibility for it once it gets a little rough. Right. Like he doesn't have any kind of uh, sense of greater responsibility or even like I caused it. Like this is his cross to bear. Caesar's intelligence and Caesar's life is only the product of what this guy did. So 100%. really it is all his... Yeah, like, there is a greater responsibility and cross to bear that he does not. Caesar and presumably, like, the downfall of humanity rests squarely on the shoulders of James Franco in this universe. Yeah. I think he's, like, basically single-handedly responsible. I'm, anyway, so then, like... It's pretty, I think so, yeah. Yeah. That happens, they do a smash cut to eight years later. Caesar is now an adult monkey. Well, Caesar also hooked them up. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caesar, that's right. like, Caesar's Caesar signs. Caesar with his heightened intelligence. Caesar is really yeah. good at signing stuff. He knows a lot of signs. And the veterinarian lady is, like, impressed that he can sign. And then Caesar signs some stuff at James Franco. And James Franco, like, laughs a little bit. And the veterinarian's like, what did he say? And he's like, well, he said we should date. Uh, and then they do. And then we smash cut to eight years later, I think, right? And it's like adult yeah. Caesar and James Franco and the veterinarian gal are going steady. Uh, but John Lithgow has started deteriorating a bit. He's relapsed. Because his body, had st- his uh, antibodies. Yeah, this viral delivery mechanism that they only discuss now. Uh, his body is, yeah, his body has become immune to the virus that actually transmits the drug. They don't really talk about why the humans and monkeys are genetically different enough. They even say that the monkeys have a stronger immune system, so it's unclear to me why this works. Why this lasts forever for a single dose for Caesar and for Bright Eyes, enough to where it's transmitted genetically, but John Lithgow has to keep on getting doses of it and then eventually becomes immune to it. Anyway. Also, we're we're like an hour deep into this movie by now. Keep in mind... By now, it doesn't feel like a Planet of the Apes movie at all. You can kind of see where things are going, right? And like, just right, but, being aware. But it doesn't. Of like, yeah, this could have been. This could have been named anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Rise of the Planet of the Apes, like, with that name in mind, it does make sense. And then where I, I like that they go into. I like the idea that they're like sussing out the roots of how this all started because it's an interesting sure. question, I guess. Um, but John Lithgow's Alzheimer's is getting worse uh, to the point where he has like an episode and he walks outside and the neighbor has left his Mustang like with the keys in it and the door open John Lithgow walks in and he's like oh yeah I, <laughs> I drive and then he uh, is, this guy is parallel parked on the curb in between two other cars and John Lithgow basically like starts the car slams like, goes forward way too fast, slams into the car in front of him, then reverses and slams into the car behind him, then goes back and forth one or two more times, and is, like, very startled the whole time, doesn't know what's going on. And the neighbor runs out, pulls him out of the car, and is, like, doing that aggressive finger poke in the chest thing while he berates him. Caesar hears this, and he is not a fan, and he runs out because that's in, in, in ape language, though, that's also an aggressive... Oh, yeah, the finger like pointing like the, thing. Okay, like, there's a few things you don't do with apes. Like, in, in, in real life, like, you don't show your teeth because that's a sign of aggression. Yeah. You don't, like, point or poke them in the chest or anything because that's a that's an aggressive gesture. And that's what apes do when they're uh, provoking or fighting or... It, this is all, like, in ape hierarchy. So, James Franco, Caesar... James Franco smiles with a lot of teeth all the time, though, so they kind of ignore that rule. He can't help it. I know. It's, 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 it's <laughs> James Franco was like a James Franco really remind you know like those gag teeth with like you the little wind up key and then it just like walks on the ground back and forth and oh, yeah. it chomps. It's like the, like the Joe, James, yeah, it's like the Joe Biden veneers. So James, James Franco ones. reminds me of Yeah. And he's like always smiling in like a you know super affable way or whatever, like with his mouth drawn back super far. He's like in the same way that, like, you know, why Dwight doesn't smile. Yeah. <laughs> he just sees you know? a um, monkey. <laughs> Revealing. Any, yeah. Um, Caesar so, comes to the rescue so, of John Lithgow uh, and right. knocks the neighbor down and bites his fucking finger off. 
And up until this point, it's been fine. Because, like, they took Caesar out to the woods. Oh, yeah, they took him to the Redwoods. And they took him to the Mere, they took him to Mere Woods. But and they, also, yeah, like, Caesar's exploring. When they take him out, they have him wearing a dog collar, though, which isn't fantastic. Right. And then Caesar is, like, starting to have some internal, like, strife about what Caesar is. His, right, like, well, yeah, like, what is Caesar? Because he like, sees where a is his place on a leash the world. walking back, and he's like, am I a pet? And then Franco's like, you're not a pet. He doesn't really elaborate, and then Caesar doesn't get into the trunk of the station wagon. He gets into the back seat after this, back, which is like yeah. a cool moment of him sort of like establishing himself. One thing I really appreciate about this movie is like a very small detail, but James Franco's commuting back and forth in the Bay Area over the Bay Bridge, and he has a fucking fast trap, like fast. Yeah, as a fast. <laughs> fast does, pass thing fast on track. his dashboard uh, yeah. to do like the automated yeah. tolling on the Bay Bridge. It's like, oh, what a. I love it when they include stuff like this because you could totally leave it out. <laughs> a lot of people, if you live outside of, even if you live in California, oh if you live outside of the Bay Area, you probably wouldn't know about these little like dash things that automate your toll paying right. the Bay Bridge. It's just really cool. To I mean, have shit, that dude, you you need them too. Yeah, like that. You don't want to get charged with a fast pass. Like, yeah, oh my god, my stepdad commuted back and forth from Tracy to uh, <laughs> Daly City or South San Francisco, and he had one. Yeah, you you need one. Yeah. Yeah, those toll lines get insane, especially during commuter hours. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, like, up until this point, Caesar has been growing. It's five years now. He's been out to Mere Woods, what we assume is regularly. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's big, too. When he stands up, he's, he's only, like, two inches shorter than James Franco. He's and he's big. also he's boy. wearing human clothes. He's wearing, like, he's wearing jean jeans, jeans and a, and a red, red sweater. sweater. <laughs> yeah. He's really into Weezer. Um, yeah, that must be it. He does look like some of the grunge fans we went to high school with. <laughs> oh, shit, that was a good one. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, now, like, Caesar becomes aggressive, and it's the first time he's ever shown any kind of primitive or, like, his own nature like a primate's instinct yeah like this it. thing is still caesar is still a wild animal and the veterinarian gal even says that he's like he's cute now but in a few years like he's not gonna be the same even if he's highly intelligent right. still a wild animal and you have to do like you're the same thing a lot with like you know people that want to keep like raccoons and stuff right like where they're really cute as babies and they like people but then, like, <laughs> once they get to adolescence they do not want to be around you at all, and they will get really aggressive or, and do everything they can to get away. I, I, I no offense to like, I'm not ape phobic or you know anything like that, but <laughs> even like there was that a couple of years ago, there was that ape handler, and oh, the yeah, chimpanzee like, like ripped her face off. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is so like, I'm not in favor of animal testing, and also like. I know it's different because it's like a sci-fi world and Caesar is hyper intelligent. Sure. But uh just the idea of like keeping an animal like that with humans seems kind of cruel. You know, like separate I don't know. There's a yeah, lot of no, that you, stuff. I, going I, on I totally agree. Um like these are powerful animals. And, this is, and whenever you know, humans encounter that power, the animal usually dies, right? 
Yeah, I mean, and this is like exactly Caesar is hyper intelligent. He still bites someone's finger off and has to go to monkey jail, which is like exactly what you would expect for a non hyper intelligent like ape in this situation. It's right. Like, so this they, was they so... send him to a sanctuary that's almost abusive. Like it's, it's not... not almost abusive. It is like well, yeah. Like... I'm saying like it, it's not it's not Steve Irwin's sanctuary is the point. oh yeah. Their their quote unquote outdoor area is just. Like a really lame zoo exhibit. It's like all plaster with a fake tree in the middle and some like fake hillsides and stuff on the side. Caesar is tricked by the painted sunset on around the outside, which I don't. His intelligence seemed to vary depending on what the scene called on what the scene called for. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But he goes to monkey jail and there's some really fucked up prison guards at monkey jail. There's like. Well, it's it's run by the dude from Secession, who I love, uh, like the patriarch, that dad. Right. And his two idiot sons. One of them may legitimately be learning disabled or like have a developmental <laughs> disability. And then the other one is just like a cruel sociopath who really hates monkeys for some reason. It's not explained. Uh, he is a future date rapist. Yeah. And also, I think I think he's insecure because he feels like Caesar is smarter than him, which he probably is, and he doesn't like that. Because <laughs> he really, like, from probably. jump has a vendetta against Caesar. He's like, for some reason, I don't know, maybe he didn't like his jeans and his sweater or something. I, his, like, Dunstan checks in uniform. Um, <laughs> but, like, Caesar is there <laughs> being abused by this guy. And then Caesar starts laying his own plans for like a uh what's that World War Two movie where all the guys escape the prison camp? The Great Escape. <laughs> the Great Escape, yeah. You can hear the little da 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 it's like yes. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so he starts doing that. Meanwhile, James Franco is back at the science lab working on a new, more viral version, like more viral virus to deliver his smart drug uh, and also and, and they've got caesar's, a with, caesar's with other apes in yeah, the sanctuary, the sanctuary. Caesar's with, and like he's with a lot of chimpanzees kind of like, and one big gorilla who's kept separated and we're like buck chekhov's gorilla yeah and uh and, and then single orangutan who like he signs named maurice maurice okay that's cool yeah and then maurice. maurice and caesar are signing back and forth the version i watched did not have subtitles did you watch what did you watch one with subtitles uh, I did not, but I can tell you what they say. Oh, okay. I was curious. Yeah, I was wondering if like the subtitles would have subbed the signing for them, but it just seems like they're talking about like schedules or something, or like how to do stuff. Uh, the first time Maurice interacts, he's just telling Caesar like, um, "This is our reality. Like, keep your head down, oh, right? Follow the system, and you'll see what happens. And like, you know, it'll all come to you in time. You just gotta." But yeah, Maurice is very much like the old tutor. He's like, yeah, if you he's follow like the... things. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's the old dude from Shawshank Redemption. He's yeah, like very he's habituated right. to the system. <laughs> Not going to make it on um, the outside. But Caesar does. has actually been attacked and subjugated by a rocket. Is that his name? Who is rocket? the? Uh, he's like the yeah. alpha primate. Yeah, of the it, sanctuary. So Rocket is the. Uh, he is the alpha primate outside of Buck, who is kept in his own cage. And Buck is the silverback gorilla. Yeah. 
Um, so then we have like juxtapositions of James Franco doing his thing at the office and uh, lab, and then like Caesar in this sanctuary with other apes being tormented. Yeah. Yeah. The sanctuary in name only. It's monkey prison, abusive monkey prison. Um, and what? So like Caesar orchestrates this really cool thing where like him and the orangutan work together or he, he lets Buck out of the cage, right? At night yeah. one night and then like makes friendly with Buck and then later he, or the silverback gorilla. Yeah. And then later he lures yeah. Rocket out of his cage into like the main area. And then does he <laughs> yeah. smack him in the head with that gas can? <laughs> he, he smacks him in the head. With a gas can, yeah. He yeah. fucking he sets him up. And then he uh and then basically it's like a scene where Caesar and Buck are basically like bend the knee, you fucking asshole. And then <laughs> Buck does this thing. They've they pointed out earlier, but it's like the supplication gesture where he raises his hand with his palm stretched towards the sky, and then Caesar like sort of like tickles the inside of his palm with his fingers. And like earlier in the movie, Caesar had done that to James Franco when he wanted permission to go off leash in Mirror Woods. And he did it. Um, so now Caesar is running. He's running this fucking place. And uh, he knows... Oh, earlier... This was kind of important. Earlier, James Franco had taken Caesar to the lab, not inside, but to the parking lot. And was like, this is where we made you. Uh, so right, like, yeah, because he decides to tell him. Which Caesar yeah. can apparently ex- understand English perfectly yeah like when it's spoken to him but he doesn't know that like a painting on a wall like he would run if <laughs> the road runner would 100 or the wily coyote would 100 percent be able to catch <laughs> this guy <laughs> like <laughs> um but he so he knows this lab and it's called like genesis or genesis or something i don't know it's very close to the name of the lab from terminator um, so like he knows where this lab is and he knows that they made him smart with smart juice in there he's like yeah James Franco gives him a very brief and like not good explanation and Caesar extrapolates from that all of the relevant info that he needs he decides right. that he's gonna that he wants to make these monkeys smart he breaks out of the jail at night goes back to Dave or to James Franco's house and steals the more viral version of this drug that is like now instead of being injected, it's administered via like aerosolized spray kind of stuff in these like in these pressurized canisters. Oh, also, they and, test- and al- along the way yeah. too, like al- along the way, the abusive guard at the sanctuary has been torment. Like he has a metal shock stick, and yeah. he is dragging it up and down all of the metal cages. Just to uh, the he is like sp- right. He's like spraying the monkeys with like high powered water hoses. He is very much abusive to these things. Yeah, he's one of the guards from Shawshank. He's like not. Uh, <laughs> he's there to make everyone have a bad time. Um, right. <laughs> previous though, this is also relevant. Is they, there's a scene where they have like more monkeys are back at the Genesis lab now, and they are testing this aerosolized version on this monkey Koba, who looks like he's seen some shit. Like his face is all scarred up, and he like Koba. Uh, Koba is a bonobo. Oh, is he? Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Koba the Bonobo, like, <laughs> dead, cold fucking like eyes from before he has the smart drug, and then they give him the smart drug. Like, you could tell, as an audience member, like, 
don't give that fucking monkey this drug. This is bad news. <laughs> it's so obvious. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he even knows the drill. Yeah, he's like, like... When they put him in the new cell, he, like, holds his hand out for a cookie. He goes to the back. And even Will's like, how? Oh, he, you know, he's like, oh, well, he's seen the, lo- like, the inside of a lot of labs. He's and he is heavily scarred, like, blind yeah. one eye. It's like, don't fucking... He's like, don't give like, this... Don't. You're going to create a supervillain. He is like... Yeah, he's like a hardened, institutionalized criminal, basically. Like, death row inmate of a monkey. Cold-blooded. Just from the eyes, we can see. And they give him this aerosolized spray. But something goes wrong, and the little hose with no safety thing pops off of it, and the... The spray gets into the room. Everyone's wearing gas masks except for the monkey tender who, like, put his on and then took it off for no reason. And then he's, like, struggling to get it back on. But he clearly breathed in a lot of the stuff. Doesn't yeah, poor make, Franklin. I know. Doesn't make him any smarter. Uh, but it does have effects down the line. <laughs> anyway. So, Smash Cut to Caesar, like, James Franco taking a bunch of the shit home because he wanted to give it to his dad. But his dad was, like, in, even riddled with Alzheimer's. His dad was, like, no, it's my time. John Lithgow passes silently in the night uh and then james franco just has these three canisters or these like canisters of the shit chilling out in his fridge which is we see twice and there's only ever a beer and smart drugs in it which is fun <laughs> um, it's just a single beer it's the same one each time i think but caesar takes the smart drugs oh he also yeah takes the smart drugs brings them back to the ape sanctuary and does this really cool scene where he has his pocket knife he had stolen from like one of the guards idiot friends there's a scene earlier where he brings like a dude and two chicks into the animal sanctuary with a bunch of beers and then like hell yeah yeah and he's like get a load of this ladies and then he does some animal abuse he like (laughs) runs the fucking (laughs) stick on the gates and all the apes freak out and like his buddy that's there with him is like well that was kind of cool uh and then the women are clearly like skeeved out and not fans of this uh but there's a point where his buddy gets really close to Caesar's cage and Caesar just like grabs him, ends up stealing his pocket knife and really startles the fuck out of this guy. Uh, so Caesar has this knife. Oh yeah. And he constructed a really cool tool where he used it to pick locks, which was funny. I don't, the stuff this guy yeah. knows is all over. the. That's place. how he got rocket out of his cage. Yeah. Yeah. With this knife that he duct tapes to the end of a stick and uses a lock pick. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, he uses that knife, he stabs the cans open, and then he just, like, fucking rolls them down the, down, like, the galley in between all these cages. And, like, smart apes everywhere. And then, like, the next morning, one of the guards comes in, and all the apes are just silent and staring at him. <laughs> it's really ominous. Oh, well, no, like, th- yeah, because, like, there's also that time when, like, they're being let out, and <laughs> Caesar's, like, checking their eyes. Oh, yeah. And, see, like, like, giving them smart. the okay to go through. There's also that and scene then, like, where the, he uh, gets to Rocket. Like when Rocket comes out, he like taps him on the chin with the back of his knuckles or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. He gives him the okay. There's also that's, and, these like holding court out in that main area, right? Yeah, and the guy who runs the monkey sanctuary is like peeking through his window. He's like, "What's going on there?" And Caesar sees him and like disperses <laughs> all the monkeys, like nothing to see here. <laughs> And there's a, this is where, like, the meme came from. And originally, um, Maurice comes down to hang out with Caesar for a little bit. And they have a quick conversation about, like, you know, what's your plan? What do we do now? And Caesar takes Maurice's stick. And he breaks it. 
three times, and then he goes to break it again, and it uh, won't break. The and then he signs thing. apes to yeah, he's like apes together weak, apes together strong, oh, and Maurice never. is like sh- shocked by that. Apes alone weak, apes together strong. I was just thinking, yeah. like, oh, they just stole this from fucking Trailer Park Boys, where he snaps one cigarette, but the entire pack can't be snapped. <laughs> no, it's the no, no, no. So that's I why mean, he does that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, okay. So that's yeah, God. So this movie, along with ending the planet and creating hyper intelligent <laughs> apes, also gave us like shitty crypto bros. Cool. <laughs> or like holdles. I don't. The... Hey, man! <laughs> Bitcoin to the moon. To the moon. Actually, no. I'm a Dogecoin guy. Best a hundred dollars in. Out into space and then crash landing back on Earth two thousand years later. <laughs> Holdle, man, hold. After society has been ended. Oh. I'm surprised you're not a holder. Let's not get into this. And moving on. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of a struggle. Coin after this. Yeah, Jesus Christ. All right. There's a little bit of a something happens. There's an altercation between oh Caesar tricks the really shitty prison guard into yeah, getting into a cage, does. right? Or he tricks the developmentally no, disabled he, one into a cage. He doesn't trick him. Like so. Oh right, they stop. Caesar has had enough of their shit death by the other monkeys. That's right. He's saying yeah, because the monkeys are gonna beat the shit out of him, and Caesar's like, whoa, 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 this one's yeah, he's okay, and he just like he uh, he makes the offer of like get in the cage or be out here, but believe me, you don't <laughs> yeah. want to be out here. Yeah, you haven't seen Buck yet, but he's definitely out here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, like the yeah, so the really shitty prison guard is like he's gonna put down this like this ape minion that's forming, and he's like in the galley with all the cages. He's holding his electric stick, and then uh, he's getting ready to hit someone with it. And Caesar just sprays him with his fire hose they have in there for some reason. Like he had been sprayed with him. before, yeah. Which also is like not how that would work, but it shorts out his like electric <laughs> cattle prod and just kills him, uh, dead right there. And then <laughs> the lame one comes out and is like, "What's going on here?" And then he just gets like pulled immediately Mobbed. pulled out the window by monkeys and they start beating the shit out of him. Uh, and then Caesar throws him into a cage or like yeah, lets him go into a cage and they yeah, lock him he, in there. Yeah, and then all the monkeys break out, and then uh. They go to San Francisco Zoo. Yeah, and they release more they monkeys. Free the monkeys there. <laughs> yeah, it's like and, uh, and they, then they, they trash they, they trash Genesis Labs for more of the ALZ. Yo, yeah, they also like go down James Franco's street through all the trees, like as the neighbors out there. Oh, also, so this is more neighbors. <laughs> uh, Will it was a William the monkey handler. The, anyway, Franklin. Franklin. He hasn't been to work in a few days. He called in sick. And he at some point he tried to stop by Will's house or by James Franco's house. Um looking for James Franco because like Franklin got this this disease that they have mentioned a few times. James Franco's talking about like just how fucking strong this virus is now. He doesn't say what it does. It's not great that it causes you to cough up blood, but it does. Apparently that's fine for an Alzheimer's drug. Um Franklin is looking for Will, and he's, like, coughing blood into his hands and shit. Uh, but he goes to the wrong house, so he's, like, pounding on the neighbor's door, and the neighbor comes out. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then Franklin just, like, coughs blood all over this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and right there, I was like, oh, this is the first scene in a different pandemic movie. Like, this is what <laughs> picks it off, right? 
And so in my head, I'm like, I know where the downfall happens. It's right here. It's Franklin via James Franco's terrible disease that he invented for this thing. Uh, so, yeah, this neighbor, <laughs> the poor neighbor, <laughs> he's had his finger bitten off. He gets like this crazy kills you in two days virus sneezed into his face. And then he's on the Bay Bridge when all the monkeys attack. <laughs> really, just the worst luck for this guy. Um, Franklin is found dead in his apartment at the end of the movie, by the way. Or, like, towards yeah. the end of the movie. Yeah. He dies in three days. Like, this is a very deadly disease. They didn't seem... James Franco did not do a lot of research beforehand, apparently, about what this thing might do on its own. Um, and... and- and now, like, well, Franco, James Franco has also been like, hey, we need to stop. This disease is too strong. And Jacobs is like, fuck no, we're going ahead with this. Like, yeah, this is a cure. And then he just starts tormenting Koba. Like, he oh. puts Koba through some fucked up tests. Yeah, yeah. Koba is, like, even smarter than Bright Eyes or Caesar at this. Like, the drug has worked really well and really quickly. Maybe not smarter than Caesar, but he's, like, has more immediate results or whatever. Right, uh, he has very much immediate results. The monkeys, after going to the zoo and turning a wrought iron fence into a bunch of spears, uh, <laughs> go, go to the Genesis lab and let all of those monkeys out, including Koba, which is... It reminded me of in Con Air when they take the mask off of Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, Cause, like, Caesar and Koba have a moment, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I know. Koba, like, I think. Later, yeah, like where Koba Caesar looks like, at Koba and Koba. Yeah, Koba. It's quickly established that like Koba is the number two in this army. Yeah, Koba becomes like Caesar's top general, and I think later in the movies there's a bit of a power struggle there between like noble Caesar and angry Koba, and the yeah. factions of apes. But uh, in this one, Koba's well, just uh, there to fuck rage-filled Koba. <laughs> yeah, rage-filled oh, Koba. But they have, like, the apes are running across the Bay Bridge because they want to go. Basically, like, Caesar just wants a home for them, basically, and he wants that home to be in the Mirror Woods because he likes it there. Uh, the apes run through San Francisco, terrorize things a bit, definitely kill some people at the Genesis Lab and just generally fuck things up, and then they're running across the Bay Bridge, and then they're able to, like, the city, like, marshals all of, like, the SFPD and the California Highway Patrol, <laughs> and they cordon off the Bay Bridge with a shitload of civilians on it. Like, monkeys are running through there on the cabling and on the other uh, underside of the bridge. Jacobs is in a fucking helicopter with the cops, and they've got, like, a, like a <laughs> mounted minigun that they're shooting at the monkeys on the bridge. This seems like overkill. There's a fun fight scene between, like, mounted cops and all these monkeys running around in the Things. And you see, <laughs> and the monkeys are winning. Yeah, like handily winning. It's very. It's <laughs> not even close. They shoot a few of them, and it's very sad. But like Caesar knocks this mounted cop off of his horse, and then is on the horse later. And we're like, oh, cool. It's like the movie. They do that thing where it's and, like, uh, they flip a bus over, and they use it to like walk towards the line of cops at the other end of the Bay Bridge. <laughs> just, like, don't they're three hundreding it. Yeah, shoot. yeah. And they just start shooting the bus. Uh, and. uh Buck, Buck makes an honorable sacrifice. Yeah, to take that helicopter down in a really cool way. It's also fun seeing James <laughs> die. <laughs> so, yeah, so like this is a great part. So like, as the monkeys are like trying to cross the bridge and they're meeting resistance and shit, Caesar's about to get killed by this helicopter, like by the by Jacobs and this cop in a helicopter, and Buck is like, "Fuck that! This dude like let me out of my cage." Like he's Caesar. 
So Buck jumps into the fucking helicopter while he's getting shot in the chest. Yeah. Oh, God. And you can tell that he just, he essentially eats the cop. Like, he essentially just rips him from limb to limb, yeah, causing is, the helicopter to crash. And this is after Caesar has taken that length of chain he found and used it like a fucking bolo and knocked two people out of the helicopter with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all that's left is the pilot and Jacobs. The pilot just has like his sidearm and he's shooting out of the helicopter at right. the bridge. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the helicopter really crashes and, and and Jacobs is looking up at Caesar. Oh, yeah. It crashes precariously on the side of the bridge in a very convenient and way. And Caesar's like, Caesar's looking at him and he's like, like Jacobs is like, save me. And uh, Caesar like n- like nods his head, and then he tur- he like shakes his head, and then he turns back and he nods, and we just see Koba walk up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and Caesar's he's like, like, I'm not gonna oh, dirty shit. my hands with this. I don't do violence. <laughs> Koba does that. He, fed, he, he basically fed Co- like Jacobs to Koba. Yeah, also like Jacobs like is, he says no, not you. And Koba had it out for him too. There's a part earlier where yeah, Koba's being tested, and you see Koba writing Jacobs on this chalkboard. And Jacob sees it, and he's like, this isn't ominous at all. This is a really smart monkey we made. <laughs> it's essentially a one-person Arya Stark kill list for Koba. <laughs> it's true. It's... And he puts his foot on the uh, thing of the helicopter and just pushes it off into the bridge and watches it fall. Yeah, slowly, the, like, <laughs> 200 feet or whatever from the top of the Bay Bridge down to the... Or the Co- same, it's the Golden Gate, not the Bay Bridge, I guess. But yeah, but it's... Koba's a savage in that moment. Oh yeah, like... ice cold. Yeah, ice running through his veins. Uh, um... um, so and up to, and like also before this point, oh, yeah. Caesar has spoken one time. Yeah, he said no to James Franco. Right? <laughs> no, he said no. Because James oh. Franco goes back to get him, he said and no like no to the security he, guard or to the yeah, he said no to the security guard. guard. Yeah, to, yeah, or to the dad that ran the place or something. I don't know, but yeah, no, oh, it's, the, it's dis- the security the guard. Dis- the, the disabled guy tells him like, okay, again, I'm not sure if he's disabled, but no, no, it's the it's the asshole one. No, the asshole one's dead. He, they find the guy locked in the cage, and he's like, your ape spoke. Is James Franco shows up to the crime scene later, right? Like, because the cops show up to this place where they killed him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he's like, he keeps screaming no, and he's like dragging a, he's like um, banging a stick up against and down the uh, the cages to rally up the other apes. Yeah, yeah. He does he does do that. Yeah, and then he get he so like Caesar shouts at him no, I think. But then the guy who isn't dead tells James Franco about it later. Um, and uh, also, yeah, James so, Franco uh, has been following the path of destruction, trying to get Caesar, trying to like right help Caesar. Yeah. yeah, he basically just doesn't want Caesar to die at this point. So he's also on the Bay Bridge, um, right? Yeah, while the cops are there and all the guns are going off and stuff, and he, the apes handily defeat the humans on the on the standoff on the on the bridge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And James Franco kind of like meets Caesar and is basically like, "Okay, this is your home now in Mira Woods." No, well, he's oh. like, "Come home." Oh, and then yeah, like yeah, Caesar yeah. hugs him and he goes, "Caesar is home." And he speaks. oh, right. And then James Franco is like dumbfounded. Yeah. Also, before this, yeah. like, there have been a few scenes where James Franco went to like visit Caesar in Monkey Jail because he's trying to get him out of Monkey Jail the whole time, at least appealing his case and stuff. 
And by the time he's got to be court ordered though. Yeah, but he he ends up just bribing the guy that runs the place, which works. Uh, but then he goes in there. <laughs> he's like, "Come on, Caesar, we're leaving now." And Caesar sees him with the collar in his hand again, and Caesar just turns his back on him. Basically, it was like, and also, you know, unlike Charlton Heston, Caesar wants to liberate his fucking fellow apes. <laughs> yeah, well, and like, well, Caesar closes the gate. Yeah. Yeah, he cl- turns around and yeah, closes the gate and turns around and like doesn't leave. So James yeah. Franco leaves dejected. And so like later, this is James Franco's like come home. And then, yeah, Caesar is home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the apes and uh, climb these giant two hundred foot tall trees. Very cool. And uh, then there's an airport. Oh wait, what happens there? from San Francisco? The airport, the pilot. Yeah, what goes on? I don't. Did you not see? Oh, he, so the pilot, the neighbor, is infected with ALZ-113, and he uh, arrives in Paris. There, okay. Right, right, right. So that's how he ends up spreading the simian plague, or whatever it's called. Yeah, in Paris, which is... Oh, oh! I don't know. Twelve monkeys! <laughs> yeah, that... This is a twelve you, monkeys plague! This is a tie-in! Have you seen that movie? Because it was not spread by twelve monkeys. Uh... <laughs> No, but like maybe it's though, the airport yeah, and like yeah but I mean that was intentional, and it was also Bruce Willis. It was very clearly Bruce Willis in a wig. So the timeline gets a little fucky. It's okay. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, I'd be Twelve Monkeys is a fantastic movie. Uh, um, we'll have to, we'll so have to get Terry Gilliam said... on to talk about it. We can we can get and they, we can hear uh, straight from the source if this is part of the Rise of the Planet of the Apes universe or not. So, and you said that they showed a a, a rocket lifting off in this movie. Or they talked about like, it in the back. You hear like a news thing saying that the Icarus project right. like launched today and they're headed for Is going Mars? to Mars. Yeah. Yes. Which is not a 2000 now, journey. In, but in the original Planet of the Apes, um the ship is has been known as uh Icarus. What a stupid fucking name to give your spaceship. Really you're gonna name it after the it does. thing where the dude's wings fall off? It doesn't have. Uh, I can't remember Taylor's exact name. We're gonna call our like spaceship the, the, the HMS spaceship. Hubris. Uh, oh no, no. Okay, so the ship had originally been called Immigrant One in an early draft of the script, and then called Air Force One in a test for a set of Topps collectible cards. But it was dubbed Icarus by a fan, and that name gained popularity among eight fandom. Okay. Well, so Icarus is like the fan name, and then in Planet of the Apes, they say the Icarus space mission left, and it shows this rocket blasting off to Mars. Yeah. So essentially, that is the crew. Maybe. But it's also right. like in the original, yeah, it's, it's, this is like a whole different timeline and different universe and stuff, so. Well, you say that, but in the third, pl- in War of Planet of the Apes, Caesar's kid is Cornelius. I think they're just using a lot of the names, though, because, like, in the original Planet of the Apes, the ship, they say in the movie, the movie came out in 1968, but they say the ship launched in 1972, and this movie takes place in 2011 or whatever, right? Interestingly enough, too, uh, that 2001 Planet of the Apes, do you know who directed that? Uh, Is it the guy who did, it's the guy who does all the big explosion movies, is the guy who did The Rock? Um. No, his name is uh, Tim Burton. Oh, that's right. I do. When I was looking for Planet of the Apes documentaries, I kept on seeing. I was like, they kept on seeing this one where the thumbnail is just Tim Burton, his crazy ass hair and sunglasses, <laughs> in an interview chair. 
Like, <laughs> like, why is Tim Burton? Oh, I guess he directed 2001. Okay. It really explains that goofy statue, that being a Tim Burton thing. Makes sense. So, uh, and that that's, and like Rise of Planet of the Apes ends with, you know, these hyper-intelligent monkeys living in mere woods. Yeah. And a simian plague on the rise. Yeah. Thanks, James Franco, you fucking idiot. So, uh, all in all, man, what did you think of the new, like, Rise of Planet of the Apes? I didn't think it was, like, the most amazing movie, but I had a good time watching it, if I'm being honest. It was fun. I don't, I think I'm going to go and check out some more. I don't know. It was very middling for me. Yeah, I think it's pretty, it's pretty okay. It's, I guess you can't really get away from the Planet of the Apes name when having a movie, like, doing this stuff. It's one of those things where I might have liked it more if it wasn't billed as, like, the planet of the apes movie right I guess you know um but i don't know i thought it was i thought it was fine definitely like not comparable to a lot of the fucking stinkers we've watched on here right um so there is a future for this and the future is uh you know there is a what are there like four or five of these movies now there's there's uh, it's War- Rise of Planet of the Apes, Dawn of Planet of the Apes, and then War of Planet of the Apes. War for so the then, Planet of the Apes? Or war, yeah, okay. War, war for the Planet of the Apes. And now we're doing... There's a fourth one that's going to be set in the same universe. Yeah, Caesar. And, and well, Caesar's dead at the end of War of Planet of the Apes. Spoiler alert. Yeah, and does he go to war with Koba? Is that what the war is? Koba tries to like Koba tries to overthrow him. Right, right. At two, Koba. At two. At two, yeah. Um, At and, two, and some other shit. Yeah, there's some other shit there too. And then, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So that might happen. There's a there's like a a title floating around called um, Planet of Men. <laughs> okay. Which I'm not entirely sure what that's supposed to be, but it's relatively a loose tie-in or a future tie-in. Gonna be like, nope. sounds like it's going to be the subjugated humans like throwing their chains off or something. I don't know. Great. But, honestly, the that. chronology of this movie, I'm on the ape side at this point. Like, yeah, fucking, uh, fucking get it. In the, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: we know what, like, we know what Zeus is like. Well, I, yeah, I know what it turns into. I'm just saying for this particular <laughs> ape uprising. I can be a fan of one. a rebel movement without being a fan of the weird, like, theocratic dictatorship that it turns into later. <laughs> it's true. I like I like Che Guevara. I'm not a huge fan of Castro. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, there you go. Just get back to the motorcycle riding. That was fun. <laughs> get back to the setting up hospitals. I don't know why you have to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what do you... uh? Yeah, man, where, where do you stand with this whole uh, ape world? I think I'm going to go... Ape-averse. I like the idea that they're sort of plumbing around in this universe and, like, trying to set up how it got the way it is, even if it's not, like, perfectly executed. Because, like, I like the original Planet of the Apes, but really it's just, like, here's a premise, don't ask any questions. Because if you examine <laughs> this even slightly, it starts to fall apart. So, like, right. I kind of like that they're getting into, like, how things got this way. And like the hyper intelligent ape stuff, I don't know. I maybe I'll watch more of these. I probably won't get around to it. I would. Do we don't have anything between reboot and deboot? Do we? I don't know. I might go. I might go. I might go deboot. I guess this is just a pretty average like action movie. Yeah. And like, 
um, doesn't I, do anything I, like crazy like the original Planet of the Apes does. I'm gonna have to grandfather Planet of the Apes in just because of what it did for makeup and what yeah. it did for prosthetics and, and, and yeah, as far like, as like a rep- twist ending, I'm gonna have to grandfather that in. Planet of the Apes but, revolutionary um, for the time. Uh, not right. the most compelling movie nowadays, but at the time, revolutionary. At the time, right. Uh, as far as this new one, I'm going to have to say it's trying to punch above its weight. Yeah, it's like a... It, take, it's take okay. The planet, take the Planet of the Apes name off of it, maybe, or something. I don't yeah, know. That, that's what, like, it, it, give it another name or something, but like... It's yeah. really trying to. It, it, it's just very middling. It's a, it's as mediocre as you can get. It's as okay of a movie as exists. You know. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I didn't have a bad time watching it. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't bored, but I also wasn't really like, yeah. Like yeah. I could turn. I could go make a sandwich and come back, and you know, still be up to par. And, and every thirty or so minutes, there's a scene where someone shits on that neighbor, which is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's Charlie Brown all over the place. Fucking patient zero or patient zero plus one. <laughs> the super spreader. Of course it's him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there we yeah. go. I don't know. So like. Mm, I know. Even our reboot deboot's middling on loop, it. Like, lukewarm eh. deboot, I guess, but not like, not like in a condemning way. Just like. Maybe right. not the successor Just, that Planet of the Apes deserves, I guess, based on what it did when it came out. Right, right. I I agree on that. There we go. Um, yeah. Our so uh, non-committal ending. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, thanks for tuning in, listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I was your co-host, uh, Griffin. And again, I was a. Walking distance. Alex. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys next week. I hate every ape I see From chimpan A to chimpanzee No, you'll never make a monkey out of me Oh my God, I was wrong It was Earth all along you finally made a monkey yes we finally made a monkey yes you finally